Straw Hockey Info Team Guilty. This is South Florida's only real sports station. WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Easily broadcast group station. WQAM.com. And thanks for stepping up to the plate and being accountable, Mo. Not. Aiming. Why the hell am I always getting raped by men? You have a nice back, Mo. Why, sure. But I don't ever get raped by broads. Women don't rape men. Eh, that's too bad. There is such a thing as an attractive man, you know, Mo. What do you know, you crumb? What are you, some kind of fairy? Why don't you go be another monkey for the organ grinder down the hall? I'm not a queer. What do you know about being queer, you moron? I've been raped enough to know the difference. Sorry, Mo. Now, see here, we're supposed to be talking about sports here, not about good-looking men. Just men in general and nothing else. This is sports radio over here. We love men. <laughs> but I got to say, have a perk. <laughs> Why, just the other night, I saw this commercial on Overnight TV, where this guy was crawling out of the ocean, see? <laughs> on this island filled with strippers that are brought, they looked okay. But this guy in the commercial, I would say, in an objective sort of way, he was pretty cute. <laughs> See that? You're laughing. You're laughing. Did I give you clearance to laugh? Was this for a strip joint, Mo? Yeah. And the guy was crawling on the island? You thought he was cute? Yeah, that's right. Now, you asked me to be objective. I acquiesce, and you still make fun of me. You want to get fired again? Huh? That guy there had pinchable jowls. You were too goddamn funny. That was George. <laughs> the organ grinder's monkey? You know, maybe I am in love with that mango munching stick. He certainly does make the thing in my nose glow like a neon rainbow. <laughs> Wanting me fired must have been just a reaction to suppress the truth of how I feel. But I can't let anybody know how much I want to enter his face. Get out of here, all you. You're all nuts. You're all... Hey. I can't move. Look at the bulge in your pants, Mo. Oh, no. If I move the wrong way, I'll... Hey, everybody. Mo messed his pants. the door, you crumb. Ow! That hurt, Mo. 903 at 560 WQAM. Happy Wednesday to you. Yeah, we have a little bit of a contretemps on our pool from yesterday, you notice? How come I'm hearing that echo? I don't know. Oh, no. you got to be joking me. It just went away real fast. As soon as Sorry. I said, how come I'm here? Now, that's Carlos oh. again. Oh. You know something? 18 strikes and you're out, Carlos. And I think for you that was like number 20 just now. Anyway, look at that 1,237 votes. Man, oh, man. See, you little clowns out there, they like to play the games with our pool. They like to yank our pool and twist our pool. And, oh, brother. Eric loves them. He must be giving them kickbacks. Yeah, it must be it because he's making extra money every time they get out there and they dick around, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, and by the way, speaking of uh, Smallville last night. Fining. It sure was. <laughs> every five minutes. Every time you got a little bit uh, hot under the collar, so to speak, it was uh, everything was burning down. How do all the air conditioners in town break at the same time, by the way? I don't know. You just need, and how does Lex Luthor uh, get married like in five minutes after finding that uh, teacher, huh? They must be in Vegas. That could be it. At any rate, it was uh, pretty exciting last night. Not as not what we thought it was going to be. They always give you the big build-up, and then there's uh, a yeah. letdown. You know, I thought we were going to like actually, you know, at least at least find out how long it was. But at any rate, and that's what Lana thought too, and then she was really burnt up at the end. She was pissed off and fired up. And poor Chloe, you know, she's, she's squeezing him and grabbing him and yanking. She ain't gonna get it. She'll never take a no. look at it. And next week, did you see the preview at the end? Of course. With the spaceship that, and the spaceship, uh, now looks like about the size of a teacup. 
<laughs> it's sitting out there in the middle of a field somewhere, and right. it's about the size of a teacup, and they find it uh, out in the field. And that creates lots of problems for Clark. Now, that show I was telling you about on A&E two nights ago, that two-hour special about child actors and all that other crap, was right. a good show. So they did have somebody from the Dukes of Hazard. I forget who it was. I guess that little punky kid who's uh, still just as ugly as he was back then, only even worse. Don't know. But at any rate... So they showed some old clips of Dukes of Hazard when John Schneider was like, I'm going to tell you seriously, John Schneider looked so good in those clips, even though that could have been one of the worst shows in the history of television. I was so bad, I didn't even watch it, even with him on without it. Without a doubt. I couldn't but, watch it even but nevertheless, never. I bet you Joe Costello watched that show, though, the reruns. Oh, wow. Because it's right up his alley, anything with a car in it, you know. He probably even watched uh, the one with David Hasselhoff. What was that car? Uh... <laughs> Night Rider. Night Rider, yeah. So anyway, David, uh, what was his name? John Schneider looked so good in those days, he made Tom Welling look like, Fat boy. Like, looked like a beast. That's how good John Schneider looked by comparison. He ain't looking too great now, though. You notice this season he's starting to look like really worn and haggard? No. Yeah, and I thought he kind of looked like Merle Haggard last night. Anyway, he had, he has a lot of problems there. And what, and what actually happened after she breathed into his puss? You know, we kind of went away when she put that wicked breath into his puss and he was kissing her. I wonder if something happened there. Squirt, squirt. But we'll never find out because nope. that would be bad. So anyway, getting back to our poll today. 1246 votes of which Minimum 200 fakes. And let me tell you right now, right around 8 o'clock last night, 11 o'clock just before I went to bed, I watched them pump and crank into crank votes in chunks. Chunks. <laughs> chunks. And then this morning from the time I came in here around 6.30 until uh, just recently. So even though it says don't get all panicky when you look at the poll result on your uh, thing, because uh, unfortunately, Mo has to be disqualified. <laughs> Sorry about that, old Mo. Nice try. All the cranks on there. Of course, it's interesting that he's got uh, them on his side, you know. I think there's something appropriate about that. Oh, it's not Our, that. It's just anything to be contrary. Poll question was, who was your favorite Dolphins radio play-by-play -play announcer of all time? And the real result is, since we're going to deduct those 200 phony votes, I don't give a crap about the Dolphins, 295. Rick Weaver, 253. The Weavermeister wins. Bill Zimford, 209. I don't listen to the games on radio 173, and when adjusted for 200 uh, crank votes, Mo uh, uh, sucking up behind win with 116. And I think I'm being generous by saying there were 200 crank votes. There was like 130 while we were still on the air yesterday at the end of the show. And boy, you guys, you pump them in there in chunks. You're not smart enough to do it other ways. You just crank them in there in chunks, chunks and chunks all over the place. You have to get a mop and clean it up. So anyway, here it is. It's a Wednesday. Now, how come, I mean, Muff was just in there. Have you seen Clarence? No, not yet this morning. They keep refaxing me these schedules, and they can't get it right still. Because I heard Mo say this morning that Joe Rose, the little dog, was on for the, uh, the mad dog. Why is that? Because Amandich is effing off again today. That would probably be his reason. And more power to him. Oh! Nice going, mad dog. That's the way to do it. And the humper, it says on here, 3 to 6.30. And then 7 o'clock, we got the Crow and all that other pre-baseball playoff games, uh, which would leave us... 6.30 to 7 like naked. See what I'm saying? So I think the Humper's got a full four-hour show again two days in a row, which is pretty heavy duty. I hope he's taking his vitamins. Here's our poll question today. And, of course, today is October 2nd. you realize the election is only just slightly over a month away? Yes. If the election were being held today, who would you vote for for Florida governor? Now, we did one before where we had Janet Reno in there. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's out. She's out there driving a red <laughs> pickup around. In fact, she's driving a one at uh, uh, Lana. I heard she was Almost still in the closet. Killed. She's going back in the closet? No, you said she was out. Anyway, here's the poll question. If the election were being held today, who would you vote for for Florida governor? Bill McBride, Jeb Bush, or I wouldn't vote. 
Those are the only choices. And, of course, we could put Bob Kunst down there, too, but we won't. <laughs> Since he's wasting all that fax paper of yours down there and sending you those faxes. We don't care, Bob. Give it a rest, okay? Stop with the ego trips. Go get an honest job. Before they stick your ass in a pine box, just one or two days in your life, get an honest job, Bob. You can write it on your resume. They could put it on your tombstone. He worked for a week. Instead of standing on corners giving out uh, bumper stickers and uh, the latest uh, cause celeb of the day. Man, who the hell is this uh, faggot kidding, huh? If the election were being held today, who would you vote for for Florida governor? Pretty simple and straightforward and straight up there, Eric. And what just happened? Did CNN go off on my uh, thing? Yeah, CNN just disappeared. Well, that's good. That's everywhere. Oh. Why, went out there too? Yep. All right, that's an omen. All right. Good news. Maybe the mouse just uh, got involved there, huh? Maybe Mickey just shut it off. In fact, next thing, next picture probably will pop up. There will be a... Uh, Uncle Remus that's with the blue you're looking at right now. That's his face. <laughs> yeah, pretty dark. Look at that. They're having oh, serious yeah, problems yeah. at CNN. Anyway, Bill McBride, Jeb Bush, or I wouldn't vote. Pretty straightforward, like I said, right there, right back at you. And get that other crap off of there as soon as possible, please. Now, the Boca Brian this did show up yesterday, which is magnificent. It's called Boca Brian Restitution and Mo Bits, Volume 1, with a little introduction in the back by Rich Pactor. And I certainly hope that the ones that we sent out have got a better, uh, these, put these together. are demos. I'm sure these Brian's just demos. Go out and buy some Because the thing on the back, there are a few paper. words, a few words missing on the back there. Rich Pactor's introduction. We don't want to miss any words that he has to say, do we? No. Oh, like I said. But the liner notes. <laughs> and then, of course, on the inside, <laughs> when you open it up. <laughs> oh, it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's just, no, it's not a surprise. It's, uh, it, it's something else. I was surprised. <laughs> Weren't you? Hiya, Pally. And here's a big, huge, uh, fat, Look at the teats on that cow, huh? Where does he find this stuff? Man, and it's uh, sitting on the throne, it looks like yeah, to me. It's hard to tell because his whole body is covering up the uh, bowl, but never <laughs> it looks like he's sitting on the throne. Hiya, Pally. So there's like a little bonus there when you open up the CD. So anyway, go to neilrogers.com. Keep checking it out, and uh, sooner or later, by the end of the day, Eric will have that on there, the new Boca Brian CD. Or if not, you know, that's the way it goes, Eric. It's been nice knowing you. Sharon in secret contacts with Palestinians. The contacts were facilitated by a country which has no diplomatic ties to Israel, probably the United Arab Emirates. The unnamed Palestinian officials he met with could play a prominent role in a future Palestinian leadership as Israel, the U.S., an increasing number of Palestinians are agitating for a new administration. This is in the uh, Israeli paper Ma'ariv. How do you like that? Halibi, who now heads the National Security Council, is accompanying Sharon on his three-day trip to Russia, which started on Sunday. There's a sentence that uh, is missing in here for some strange reason when I printed it out, but I'm doing the best I can. Sharon met in January with Palestinian parliamentary speaker Ahmed Kurai, also known as Abu Allah. Well, that sounds like Ahmed Kurai, doesn't it? Okay. Abu Allah, the number two of the Palestinian liberation organization, Muhammad Abbas, and the Palestinian leader, Yasser Arafat's economic advisor, Mohammed Rashid. The meeting held with Arafat's blessing came up with no solution to the protected Palestinian uprising, which has now been underway for two years. The Intifada. For your father. For your father. At the start of September, Sharon said he was ready to meet with senior Palestinian officials on the request of the official whom he did not name. Well, there you go. They're, they're holding their meat behind closed doors. Good. And they better get something resolved pretty soon before Ariel eats it. U.N. inspectors ignore U.S. call to put Iraq mission on hold. U.N. experts pushed ahead yesterday with talks on the return of weapons inspectors to Iraq, seeking an agreement with Baghdad despite U.S. call to put the inspections on hold. I love the word they used. They said that they were ready to thwart. Did you notice that? Yes. They wanted to thwart the inspectors' return. U.S. Secretary of State Colin Powell said late Monday that U.N. weapons inspectors should delay any mission to Iraq until the U.N. Security Council finished deliberations on a possible new resolution that would tighten up the inspection regime. 
But UN weapons, uh, uh, UN chief weapons inspector Hans Blix made clear as he returned to UN offices in Vienna for a second day of talks with Iraqi officials that his marching orders came from the UN's top decision-making body and not from Washington. I'm asked by the Security Council to do this job, and I'd be doing it, said Mr. Blix. We're moving forward with our discussions under our mandate, and we'll, of course, take into account any directions from the Security Council, said spokesman Melissa Fleming of the International Atomic Energy Agency. We're moving forward with our business. We have to proceed as if we'll return, she said. While U.N. experts reported progress during the first day of talks on Monday, Mr. Powell nevertheless took a cautious tone, saying that Mr. Blick should wait for the Security Council to have its final say, and they said, to you, they gave him the old raspberry. Maybe the raspberry guy, they got him on the job, okay? That's shocking that he calls all the shows on Everybody. the station that you told me. Yes. That's, I feel much better about that now. Man who never sleeps, who spends his entire life. You think it's bad enough with the crank voters on our poll? We got a guy, the Grasbury guy, calls round the clock. Joe and Mark, he calls every show on the station <laughs> off the air. <laughs> and back at him. And today being Wednesday, I almost forgot we got our big noon to one hour, Neil's Bits, between noon and Can't one wait. Day, All right. Which is a nice reprieve, a nice rest right in the middle of the week. It's excellent. And well-deserved, if you ask me. Hey, is there still anybody out there who isn't playing at VIPSportsBook.com? Yes. Then I better tell you, you're missing out on a really great sports book. You're plunging in the wrong place. You hear a lot of ads these days, but you need to do some research before you put down your hard-earned cash at some unstable third-world sports book, like out there on West Flagler Street or somewhere. Let me help you out. VIPSportsBook.com is the only book to be unanimously endorsed by the industry watchdogs. They're Dutch-based and one of the first online sports books. So if you go on a roll of a lifetime, you want to be working with the best sports book in the world, which is, of course, like we've been telling you for a long time now, VIPSportsBook.com. The football season is in full force. we got that big Dolphin-Patriot game coming up Sunday, so you need to be with the best, VIPSportsBook.com. Open an account online and get you a 15% cash sign-up bonus. And did I mention they have the highest parlay odds you'll find up to 2001? No. Well, they do. So get over to VIPSportsBook.com and play at a book with class. Plunge to your heart's content. Call this number toll-free, 1-866-VIP-BETS, B-E-T-S, 1-866-VIP-BETS. And uh, you can also sign up online and get that 15% cash bonus just by logging on to VIPSportsBook.com, where you be the VIP. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560, QAM. Okay. Oh, down through the strip joint, fat red go. Take a dollar in the garter of a tattoo hole. He said, honey, got money for you. But when you take him back into the private room.
Cheers. So let me ask you, can Eric hear us today or not, or is he still having uh, issues? Uh, he might be able to hear us. I didn't ask him, but he didn't hear the poll, but I, I gave it to him over the phone. Oh, no. Well, see, we need to find that out because I want to add one more choice on there. We'll call him. Okay, if the election were being held today, who would you vote for for Florida governor? Bill McBride, Jeb Bush, I wouldn't vote, or Mo Howard David. <laughs> oh, don't you think he needs to be on there? Yes. He couldn't win this other one yesterday, even with, uh, when you subtract the at least 200 phony votes. In fact, if you only take away the 130 votes that we knew were bogus as of the end of the show yesterday, he still comes in third behind uh, Rick Weaver and Zimperati like that. A, a distant third. But nevertheless, he, you keep working at it, Mo, okay? You'll get it right. It's not that they don't like your play-by-play -play work. They just don't like you. See what I'm saying? It's not that they don't like his work on the games. It's just they don't like him at all. At any rate, so make sure he gets that because I see he's working on it right now. In fact, it might be kind of cute <laughs> almost to leave it the way it is on my home page here where it says, if the election for governor were being held today, who would you vote for? And he's still got Rick Weaver, Bill Zimfer, et cetera. That inspired, <laughs> that inspired me to add Moe's name to the list for governor. Well, why the hell not? Write in vote. I'll tell you one thing. I'd vote for him before I'd vote for Bob Koontz. He's going to win. Who's that, Bob Koontz? <laughs> no. Oh, you mean Howard, Moe on yeah. the... Well, fine. At least that's some place for people to go. I know. You know we'll what I'm saying? 1,200 votes again. TV's Putney biased at debate, says McBride aide. They're pissed off and fired up about our close personal friend Michael Putney from Channel 10. You know, good old uh, Michael Putney, who's kind of like the Joe Zagaki of TV politics? Yes. Good guy, no personality, as bland as vanilla pudding, as bland as tapioca. Oh, and speaking of tapioca, I went out and got my uh, Nestle's turtle yesterday. I walked into my supermarket, I screamed out, take me to your leader. That's L-I-T-R-E, A. Yeah. And sure enough, I bought me a liter of uh, Nestle's turtle ice cream and a, and a jar of hot fudge. Doesn't that sound good? Sounds great. And it was great. And what I did is I got me my little bowl, and I like spooned it in there like in thirds. I did three different little sessions, you know? And that was, mm. that's what I ate all day yesterday, nothing else, and I lost a pound. Isn't that great? Yeah. Didn't have wild, wicked diarrhea or anything like that. I think I'm. I think I'm doing it. Yeah, you sprinkle some Uncle Sam cereal in there. No, I did not. No, cereal's poison. See, you just won't learn. You refuse to learn. <laughs> Cereal'd be bad. It's got That's all that for, horrible for trans fatty acids in it. But at any rate, so like uh, you know, you put you put a little bit in a bowl and you take spoon some of that hot fudge on there and then you stick the bowl in the microwave for 12 seconds, and boy, kind of like it's all mushy together in there. Oh man. That is so much better than sex or anything else. That is just uh, to die for. In fact, I think probably Clark Kent is digging into some turtles right now. TV's Putney biased at debate, says McBride aide, moments after last week's debate between Democrat Bill McBride and Governor Jeb Bush. Oh, see, he didn't put the other choice on there yet. Come on, get with Eric. We called him. It'll, it'll show up. Just calm down. <laughs> moments after last week's debate between Democrat Bill McBride and Governor Jeb Bush, the McBride campaign lashed out at the moderator, accusing WPLG-TV's Michael Putney of bias in favor of the governor. The campaign communications director, Alan Stonecipher, left a message on the voicemail of Putney's producer calling the veteran reporter a little dweeb. A widow dweeb? <laughs> That's kind of like a widow dwarf. Now those frustrations are boiling over into emails being sent across the state, letters to newspaper editors, a column in the online magazine Salon, and a suggestion that Bush knew would advance the questions that would be posed by random Floridians. How do you like that, huh? I he don't. can fix the elections. He can fix the uh, polls. He can fix the debates. He fixes everything. The fix is in. 
The evidence is the now-famous Sylvia Scott of Miami, whose name Bush mentioned minutes before she was introduced with her query. Stonecipher said yesterday that the campaign is not behind the allegation that Bush knew about Scott, but he reiterated complaints that Putney gave Bush more opportunities for rebuttal than McBride. Specifically, when Stonecipher approached Putney immediately after the debate Friday night, he complained about Putney's question to Bush about whether the governor was describing McBride as a classic tax-and-spend, big-government kind of guy. The governor looked surprised by the question and replied, kind of, sort of. We got a lot of questions and complaints which are really ongoing, Stonecipher said. I was expressing that view as well as my own. If the governor wanted to call Bill McBride a tax-and-spend liberal, he can do it in his own words. Stonecipher said he was also unhappy about an op-ed piece by Putney that appeared in the Herald on September 25, just two days before the debate, raising questions about McBride's choice of Senator Tom Rawson as a running mate. McBride, though, in an interview yesterday on Channel 10, downplayed his campaign's own criticism of Putney, saying sure he's sure that Putney didn't try to be biased one way or the other. Putney considered the dean of Florida television political reporters, in other words, kind of like the Alan Burke of TV political reporters in South Florida, said yesterday the charges of bias are absurd. He said he reviewed the tape of the debate and did, in fact, find that Bush received more rebuttal time, but that can be explained simply, he said, because McBride was on the attack more often. As a reporter for 36 years and a political reporter in South Florida for the past 25, I know that when one candidate attacks another, whatever the format, fairness dictates that where it's appropriate, the person out of attack should be given a brief chance to reply, he be saying. Putney explained that Bush mentioned Scott early because the Jacksonville TV studio where the debate was held lined up the next question around a TV monitor in front of the candidates. Bush happened to look at the monitor early, Putney said. Salon Magazine columnist Joe Connison questioned yesterday whether Bush had extraordinary psychic powers or had learned something he shouldn't have known before the debate. The Florida Democratic Party is keeping out of the fray, though spokesman Ryan Banfield said he's received calls about Sylvia and complaints that Putney was overly deferential to the governor. I have great respect for Michael and the Florida News Network, Banfield said, adding, I'm not as concerned as to whether the governor knew the questions. It's the answers he gave that trouble me. It seems like he's not in touch with the average Floridian, Banfield said. For its part, the Bush campaign, stationed to work in front of a TV set Tuesday armed with a stopwatch and tape of the debate, campaigns tally 21 minutes, 23 seconds for the governor, 24 minutes, 47 seconds for McBride. Republican strategists suggest that McBride's camp's complaints are the work of a rookie team picking the wrong fight, engaging in an ego match with the most important reporter at the region's top-rated TV station. is not likely to help McBride win over South Florida voters. It says here as if that makes a difference. This is in the Herald, by the way. You think it's going to make a difference? No. Like, like the uh, voters out there are going to vote for somebody based on whether or not they're picking on Michael Putney? I don't think they give a flying crap. Michael, with all the respect, you're a good guy. You're boring as hell, and I'm not going to go on your show at any point ever in history, but uh, nobody cares about you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we wish you all the best and all that stuff, but you're small potatoes. Nobody gives a flying flick. 926 at 560 WQAM. Like I said, boy, I thought last night we were going to have a new Milky Way. Squirt, squirt. And that one scene early in the show, you know, when they were watching that sex right. flick, that, uh, oh, boy. And aren't those that. kids a little bit old to be in sex ed, wouldn't you think? Yeah, you're never too old for the <laughs> sex movies, though. Yeah, once Clark saw those sperms start swimming rapidly, boy, he started, like, just uh, squirt, squirt. losing it. They were flaming all over that goddamn place. Well, <laughs> like I said, maybe next week. Maybe we'll get a glimpse of it next week. No. There's never been a better time to buy a new home or refinance your existing home. How about a rate of three point? Well, we want to find out if that thing about the big fetus is uh, correct or not, like we fetus. had that story yesterday, that big fetus. There's never been a better time to purchase a new home or refinance your existing one. And how about this, boys and girls? How about a rate of 3.95%? That's right. Financial Group can offer you an unprecedented 3.95% by just your picking up the phone and calling Financial Group at their toll-free number, 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. The money you're going to save is absolutely... Oh, we're fine. Unbelievable. 
Think about it. You can get a $100,000 loan for only 450 bucks a month or a $200,000 loan for only 950 bucks a month. The process is simple, and you'll save yourself in the long run thousands of dollars this year and each year. So pick up the phone and call our good paisans, our pallies, at Financial Group at 1-800-940-LEND. There's never been a better or smarter time to get you a low interest rate. Call Financial Group, and you'll be on your way to big savings. Financial Group is an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply, and rates are subject to change. So call right now while you're thinking about it. Call 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. Live Live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. Oh, God, Neil. Online Casino Radio 560 WQAM presents Captain Mo Vainaru. The ratings for the sports format were so bad, we had to start paying the sponsors. And when the only three listeners we had asked to get paid for listening, well, we thought we'd give this a try. Hey, hello, boys and girls. This is your old veiny captain, uh, Captain Vaynaru. We got a uh, full docket of moit and a merriment over here. Uh, this stinks. I ought not be doing this, boys and girls. I was a big star at one time, see? But I gotta tell you, kids, living in paradise ain't cheap. I need a check, understand? All right. Let's see what we got over here. Got some crepe paper. We'll finger something out to do with it. Morning, Captain. What do you want, Green Jeans? Leave me alone. Aren't you gonna say good morning to our friends? They're right. Morning, Moose. They call me Mr. Moose, cause I be hung like a moose. I'm glad to hear it, the man, Dingo Man. You be dissing me. Nah, 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 pipe down, pal. You woolies are all right by me. Got the good and strong loins from uh, proper breeding. I just don't know what you just said. That's cause you're stupid. Dad! Now we're gonna make something out of this crepe paper, you understand? Yo. Then maybe later I'll pull the link sausages out of my pants, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, now. Here's the paper. How many sheets you want, Green Jeans? I'll take two. Two? Yeah. So that's your take, huh? <laughs> it's a joke, you moron. Ah! I'll take one for me. How many for you, uh, Mr. Moose? Leave a whole ten. Ten? Ten sheets of paper? That's right. Look at this black-ass monkey over here. He wants ten sheets. Ten sheets of paper. Well, I got news for you, pal. Paper don't come cheap, you dumb titsoon. Hey, watch you with that scissors. I was going to cut your veiny throat. Help me out here, Green Jeans. Stop. Hey, where's your Green Jeans? Around my ankles, where we want yours to be. That's right. Pull them down, Green Jeanie. Oh, no. Not a caddy. We'll be right back. With more. For you boys and girls. Just when you think it can't get any better, and it does. 9.32 at 5.60 WQAM. Happy Wednesday to you. We got that big noon of one hour today. With a little bit of levity as we try to lighten it up a few shades. And then, am I correct? Did I hear Mo right today? Did they bring in a revised schedule? See, the new deal is now that we got 18 program directors, that we're going to have the battle of the schedules. I think Muff is going to make out one schedule and Clarence will make out another one. Then we'll, like, pick and choose whichever one we like the best or whichever one we believe. Don't yeah. you think that's a great idea? Of course. Because I heard Mo say that uh, Joe Rose is filling for the uh, Mad Dog today is what I'm hearing. And Mo wouldn't lie, would he? Well, that's beside the point. I think he got that right. Hank will be on 3-7. to seven, Then we got that playoff baseball stuff. 60 votes already in our uh, Florida governor poll if the election will be held right now. Uh, Bill McBride, 36. Jeb Bush, 14. Mo Howard, David, 6. And I won't vote for. And speaking of who you vote for, here's uh, Maureen Dowd's column in today's New York Times. Can Hillary upgrade? Question mark. 
Watching Robert Torricelli mist and mule as he was torn from the bosom of the Senate gave me new pause over that old question, are men biologically suited to hold political office and leadership positions? We have the torch dousing himself in self-pity and wondering no why nobody will forgive him for something he claims he never did with a sugar daddy who draped him in Italian-made clothes and Tiffany baubles. We've got a cheerful Andrew Cuomo getting the vapors and being led away from the governor's race on the strong arms of Bill Clinton and Charlie Rangel, and Jeb Bush crying whenever his daughter is busted. We've got Tom Daschle in a lipstick pink tie practically having a drama queen breakdown on the floor of the Senate about being the victim of those nasty White House bullies. We've got the Dow, the ultimate measure of macho capitalism, going all fluttery jittery at the prospect of battle, depressed one minute, hyperactive the next, like yesterday. We've got Ari Fleischer, the same Ari who yesterday called on Iraqis to assassinate Saddam because the cost of one bullet would be substantially less than the $13 billion cost of a war, in a swivet because reporters found out he registered for his wedding gifts at Target instead of Tiffany. The arena is full of powerful men in touch with their powerless inner women, and yet surrounded by famous men puddling under pressure, American girls are still doubtful about the prospect of a woman becoming president. According to a poll in yesterday's USA Today, 40% said they would not see one within 10 years, and a grim 14% said, not in my lifetime, a woman president. Are those 14% unaware of the Clintonian relentlessness of the junior senator from New York? In the latest sign that she's running for president in 2008, candidate Clinton is staying away from Al Gore's kumbaya corner. Whatever doubts she may have privately about war, she's not articulating her angst as loudly as some of her Democratic colleagues. She knows that any woman who hopes to be elected president cannot have love beads in her jewelry case. It may be too much even to be caught with a worn copy of tapestry. Senator Clinton said that she'll support President Bush if he decides to take out Sodom. I know a little bit about what it's like on the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue making these difficult decisions, she told Tim Russert. Just as her husband was obsessed with maintaining his political viability during the Vietnam draft, candidate Clinton must keep her own political viability in mind during the Senate debate on war. Although many Americans assume she's too polarizing a figure to ever get elected, the former First Lady has been shrewd and pragmatic in how she has handled herself in the Senate. She did not have a tantrum when Republican leaders were stingy with her office space. Hillary has offered the other cheek to those who once pilloried her and has charmed her Senate elders, turning her Washington House into the Capriani of fundraising and has put Democrats in her debt by handing out fistfuls of cash from her pack. Hillary and Bill, her very own Dick Morris, have a grandiose master plan that calls for John Kerry or John Edwards or Al Gore, if he can find any Democratic donors, to be the sacrificial lamb in 2004 to a popular wartime president. Hillary will try to quell criticisms that she's a pushy queen bee by playing the worker bee in the Senate for a few more years. She will disabuse those who thought she was the liberal in the White House, veering away from the left on issues like welfare and bankruptcy. Her supporters have sketched out a doomsday scenario that would catapult her into the White House. In the flush of patriotism and empire building, the Republicans take over the Senate and keep the House this fall. Then President Bush wins his war in Iraq. He and his inner circle become more arrogant. General Grove, as he's known in Hillary land, pushes through the most reactionary agenda since the Congress of Vienna, packing the courts with young right-wingers opposed to abortion and all regulations. Congress, too, gets carried away with an ultra-conservative agenda. The maniacally centrist American public craves another correction. Right, left, right, left. Bush, Clinton, Bush, Clinton. Yep, in our lifetime, says Maureen Dowd in today's New York Times. It's enough to make you gag, isn't it? And you know what else it points out? What? The Democratic Party certainly doesn't offer very many good choices, does it? No. In fact, neither party offers. Well, that's just the way it goes. That's America for you. And up here, we're more concerned about much more important things, okay? I have in my hand this morning's National Post, which is one of the worst newspapers you'd ever see in your life, by the way. Yesterday, Toronto Sun, the first three pages, pictures of Ron McLean from Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> We're concerned about the important stuff up here, baby. You got it.
can't be worried about wars and invading countries and stuff like that. And like I told you yesterday, Canada don't invade nobody, okay? We mind our own business, eh? Front page of the National Post, groundswell rises for CBC to rehire McLean. And right next to it, they can't afford him? Please. And there are 87,000 articles just in the front section alone. Forget about the sports section about is Ron McLean going to not really not be back on Hockey Night in Canada and will we be able to survive this? The CBC was under pressure yesterday from federal cabinet ministers and from Labatt, sponsor of Hockey Night in Canada, to reconsider its decision not to renew the contract of Ron McLean, the show's popular host. And by the way, last thing we heard here on uh, City Pulse, there were only 25,000 apart. So it looks to me like they're going to get together and calm everybody down. Angry fans flooded the CBC with almost 10,000 emails and paraded in front of the network's headquarters in Toronto with bullhorns to protest the deposing of Mr. McLean after contract talks broke down. Last night, there were reports that the CBC was reconsidering Mr. McLean's contract, but Ruth Ellen Soles, head of media relations for CBC English Radio and TV, said this was not the case. John Manley, I mean, this is hysterical. John Manley, the deputy prime minister and finance minister, weighed in on the matter, saying Mr. McLean, Don Cherry's longtime straight man on Coach's Corner, was worth the money he was asking. And it goes on and on. And then <laughs> there's even an editorial in the freaking National Post about it. And if you turn to pages 10 and 11 in the front section, Ron and Don, meaning Ron McLean and Don Cherry, more animated than ever. And there's a picture of Laurel and Hardy next to it. And then here's another article, a hockey host who plays a classic comedy role, Stan Laurel, Jerry Seinfeld, and Ron McLean. And then on page 11, here's a big picture of Ron. He's worth more than a hokey drama. Thousands of viewers don't want to see him go. There's 7,622 pages in the National Post today about Ron McLean standing on Hockey Night in Canada. Oh! How's it going, eh, Ron? You'll be okay. Is that incredible? That's incredible. So like I told you, the uh, priority is the interest uh, level of the people here as opposed to the people in South Florida where we can't even talk about even mention the word hockey on that morning show because Gildy will be deballed, he'll be declawed. And for a guy who's supposed to be, I guess he must have all the weight on like uh, in his genitals like on the uh, top end, you know what I'm saying? He must be top heavy. <laughs> like a knob. The room around, no, the room around town is that he's got the gigantic schlong, but he's got nuts like a, like BBs, which I guess would explain that voice maybe a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Can't have everything. So there's the deal for you. No hockey talk on QAM. You can bet your life on that. Certainly not in the morning, not from 6 to 9 on that very uh, lengthy morning show. 95 votes on our governor poll. If the election for governor being held right now today, who would you vote for? Bill McBride, 58, Jeb Bush, 24, Mo Howard, David, 7, and I won't vote 6. I told you Mo will get some good votes on there. These are the ones who didn't get in yesterday on uh, the play-by-play thing. 9.40, 20 till 10 at 5.60, WQM. We better really hurry it up because we only got a couple more hours of this crap and then we got that big noon to one hour, which I personally can't wait for myself. Does this sound like you, overworked, yes. underpaid, yes. stuck at a dead-end job, yes. underappreciated? Yes. Then do yourself a big favor and pick up that instrument or your phone, whichever you like, and call our good friends at Fast Train, toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. The demand for certified computer professionals is bigger and more humongous than ever. And Fast Train can help you achieve a brand new money-making career in as little as four months. Fast Train is South Florida's largest certified Microsoft training center with four locations for you in South Florida. They're in Pembroke Pines. They're in Fort Lauderdale. They're in Miami. And that brand new one in Kendall. Fast Train offers convenient day, evening, and weekend classes for you. They've got a full-time job placement department with over 30 years' experience in placing folks just like you. So if you're overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, or just stuck in a crappy dead-end job that doesn't pay squat, don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call Fast Train toll-free. Even the call is free. 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. There's another pigeon crapping on my balcony. Think about it. In four short months, you'll be on your way to becoming a high-paid computer professional in a career with great earning potential. In other words, serious cash at the end of the rainbow. 
Take my advice, pick up the phone and call Fast Train right now at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web if you like it, fasttrain.com. And tell them that Steve from Davie told you to call. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560, QAQAM. Planning your next vacation? Looking for excitement in exotic locations? Yes. Then make your next pleasure trip a memorable one. Visit Palestine. Relax as you dine in newly remodeled open-air restaurants. Marvel at the view of the morning sunrise from your open-air hotel room. Experience the cultural differences between Israel and Palestine and back to Israel again, all from the comfort of the local marketplace as it changes hands each day. You'll be blown away. So plan your next excursion to the land of enchantment, Palestine. We're just a stone's throw away from the Gaza Strip and Hebron and Jerusalem. Yeah, they're just a stone's throw away. 9.46 at 5.60 WQAM. You know, uh, I'm really sorry that I read that article yesterday, weeping about uh, what happens if Disney buys CNN. Remember that? Yeah, of course. Because uh, it was crap. You know, I mean, CNN is crap. Certainly not news. That's what it stands for. For example, right now, there's Jonathan King, the White House correspondent. He's pretty good. But they got uh, breaking news. House reaches deal with the uh, White House on Iraq language, and uh, the president seeks a tough resolution. There's nothing breaking about that, okay? There's, no, there's nothing breaking. There's nothing sensational. Authority by Congress to use. Yeah, as if we don't know what he's looking for, okay? And they're all going to cave in and knuckle under. White House would welcome Hussein assassination from today's Washington Post. The White House press secretary said yesterday the Bush administration would welcome the assassination of Saddam Hussein by his countrymen, arguing that one bullet would be a cost-effective way of re- removing the threat the Iraqi leader represents. The cost of one bullet, if the Iraqi people take it on themselves, is substantially less than going to war. President Bush's secretary, Ari Flasher, said when asked at a televised uh, briefing about the cost of military action against Iraq. Asked whether the administration was advocating the assassination of Hussein, Flasher repeatedly replied, regime change is welcome in whatever form it takes. Flasher's unusually colorful remarks created a stir in the White House press corps, and Flasher called reporters after the briefing to tone down the impact of his words. I was making a rhetorical point about the cost of the bullet, he said. The point I'm making is not administration policy. If the Iraqi people took events in their own hands, the world will not shed a tear. I'm not stating administration policy. I'm stating the obvious, he said. In a briefing, the press secretary said there's no consideration of relaxing the American ban on assassination of foreign leaders, unless, of course, it was in Vietnam or in um, Chile. Following congressional hearings examining botched CIA assassination, or in Cuba, botched the CIA assassination attempts, executive orders began in 1976 to have prohibited such targeted killings. But the Washington Post reported last year that the CIA was contemplating clandestine missions expressly aimed at killing specified individuals for the first time since the 70s, drawing on two classified legal memoranda, one written for President Clinton in 1998 and one since the attacks of 9-11, the Bush administration concluded that executive orders banning assassination did not prevent the president from lawfully singling out a terrorist for death by covert action. Elliot Cohen, a scholar at Johns Hopkins School for the Advanced International Studies, said that while the directives forbid the killing of a political leader, if you're a military leader, it's somewhat different, and Saddam bills himself as a military leader. Cohen also said that Flesh's welcoming of an assassination by Iraqis would likely be shared by others in the administration. Of course they would welcome that, he said. In many ways it would make things simpler all around. Of course, this is all window dressing, because like George and I were discussing before the show today, just killing Sodom and uh, getting a new uh, Sodom Jr. in there, a Sodom light, that isn't going to solve anything, because that's not what we want. 
we have to have our military presence in there so we can occupy Iraq. We can take over the oil fields. We can set up our own puppet regime like, you know, like the Shah. We can have instead of the Shah of Iran, we can have the Shah of Iraq or whatever we stick in there, whatever we call them. We can send the Dick Shaw or Dick Sean. Or Rick Shaw. Or any other. Or Rick Shaw would be good. Although he'd have to change his headgear, I'll tell you that. 122 votes on that poll if the election for governor was being held today. Who'd you vote for in Florida? Bill McBride, 73. Jeb Bush, 31. Mo Howard, David, 10. Oh! And I won't vote, 8. This is from Common Dreams News Center by Arianna Huffington. You know, she writes some pretty good stuff for a bitch. All you know, I'm time, not that. Right? Huh? Yes, she does. I don't like seeing her on TV. Maybe it's just because she's got that ugly puss. Just like I don't like seeing Joan Collins on Guiding Light. What is that bitch doing on her? Oh, anyway? what, what is she doing anywhere? Lock her up. Nasty, old, smelly yes. turd burger. The White House on Iraq. We don't need no stinking proof, writes Ariana. We all know who attacked us on September 11, 2001, don't we? No, not Osama bin Laden. God, that is so last year. It never turns out to be the person you first suspect. It was Saddam Hussein. For some reason, we couldn't find him when we went after him in Afghanistan, bringing that magic elixir of regime change along with us. But now we've got a better idea. Track him down where he actually lives in Baghdad and punish him right in his own backyard. It's the only way to obtain justice for the thousands he killed on 9-11. At least that's the way the White House is now pitching the story. In this latest rewrite of history, Osama suddenly lost his beard and grown a mustache, morphing into the butcher of Baghdad or one of the look-alike stand-ins Saddam's been using for public appearances since 1998. You can't distinguish between al-Qaeda and Saddam when you talk about the war on terror, President Bush said in the oral office last week. Really? He can't differentiate between a group of evil ultra-radical Islamic fundamentalists that carried out the 9-11 attacks and an evil secular nationalist who, despite the frantic efforts of the Bush administration, has not been directly linked to 9-11? He'd better start making such distinctions and fast. When every expert who knows anything about the Mideast can distinguish between the two, is it too much to ask that a president who's ready to go to war look a bit more closely? People under stress often regress to earlier stages of development. It appears that Bush is so intent on getting Sodom, so obsessively tightly gripped by a need to succeed where his war hero uh, dad failed, so obsessively determined to lay the murderous 9-11 assault at Baghdad's door, that he's regressed to the level of childhood development where fantasy, reality, and wish fulfillment are all mixed up. Except that this time, things like nuclear weapons and the safety of the world for the next few decades are involved. No, I'm no, uh, I'm no psychologist, but I believe there is a clinical term for this condition going off the deep end. How else to explain the president's bizarre response to a reporter's straightforward query last week about who poses a bigger threat to America, Saddam or al-Qaeda? That's an interesting question, he replied. I'm trying to think of something humorous to say, but I can't when I think about al-Qaeda and Saddam Hussein. When did the president take over the, when did the president take over the Tonight Show? Why would the idea that he should make a joke about such a deadly serious subject even cross his mind? It would be like asking Daniela Van, uh, Daniel Van Damme's parents about the trial of their daughter's murder and having them apologize for not being ready with a humorous quip. No, Mr. President, you don't need to apologize. Your inability to treat serious subjects lightly is not one of your deficiencies. So rather than struggling to come up with a wan witticism, why don't you just answer the question, especially since it appears by your actions that you've already come up with one. Instead of bothering to give the least defense of his sudden fusion of Sodom and Osama, Bush launched into a fantasy-fueled diatribe. The danger is that they work in concert. The danger is that al-Qaeda becomes an extension of Saddam's madness and his hatred and his capacity to extend weapons of mass destruction around the world. The president's regressed condition is spreading like the West Nile virus throughout the West Wing and beyond. Witness the symptomatic blurring of fact and fantasy exhibited by Defense Secretary Rumsfeld. When asked at an Armed Services Committee hearing about what is now compelling us to take precipitous actions against Iraq, Rumsfeld barked, What's different? What's different is 3,000 people were killed. 
Yeah, by Mohammed Atan Company, not by Saddam Hussein. But why quibble on details when there's a propaganda war to be won? National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice continued the assault on reality when she vaguely yet ominously claimed there clearly are contacts between al-Qaeda and Iraq that can be documented. Well, then why not document them? We've documented contacts between al-Qaeda and all our de oil dealers in Saudi Arabia and al-Qaeda and our new best friends in Pakistan, but I don't see any B-2s powering up parades over Riyadh or Karachi. As is the White House custom, Rice simply refused to back up her claims. So did Rumsfeld, who memorably rebuffed a reporter late last week by saying, that happens to be a piece of intelligence that either we don't have or we don't want to talk about. In other words, proof? We don't need no stinking proof. And just because I'm asking your sons and daughters to possibly sacrifice their lives for it doesn't mean you deserve to know whether it even exists. It would be nice if we could take them all at their word and let the bombs fall where they may, but Senator Bob Graham, who is chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, is privy to the inside scoop, says he has seen no evidence of any link between al-Qaeda and Saddam Hussein. So we're left with the fevered, infantile uh, imaginings of the president and his pals. We've had dots before, said Anna Perez, Rice's spokeswoman. Now we have a higher density of dots. Have we connected those dots? No, she says. Perhaps the president should put down his saber rattle, pick up his crayons, and connect them before drawing us into a bloody war says Ariana Huffington. Pretty damn good, Ariana. Just don't put your puss on TV anymore, okay? We like reading what you have to say. We just don't like looking at you. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. There are a lot of people that, you know, we just don't want to see them. Kind of like Norma Kent, you know. You don't mind talking to him on the phone like once every six months, but you sure don't want to see him. Oh, that's right. You can't say anything because he's working on your deal. Well, well forget about that. Norm. He's great. That ain't, that ain't handsome gonna man. That ain't going to happen. You're not going to get no new contract. Ask Muff how his new contract's coming. Just take the paycheck every week to the bank. Did you get the rest of that bonus yet, by no, the way? No. Now, now, what year was that for? 18 what? 92. I see. Well, that was a good year. Governor Jim McGreevy announced yesterday that former Senator Frank Lautenberg would replace scandal-tainted incumbent Robert Torricelli as a candidate for the U.S. Senate seat in the November elections after Torricelli's sudden withdrawal from the race. McGreevy said the state's Democratic leadership would formally file a petition for Lautenberg's candidacy as soon as the state Supreme Court approved the change in candidates. I am confident, based upon a thorough and vigorous debate, the citizens of the state of New Jersey will elect Senator Lautenberg to the U.S. Senate, preserving quality representation on behalf of our state and ensuring a Democratic majority in the U.S. Senate, said the Democratic governor, announcing the move. In other words, we had a crappy candidate before who was going to lose his ass because he's a crook, and now we're going to put a good one in there we think can win. Earlier in the day, the state Supreme Court agreed to hear a Democratic petition to name a new candidate for Torricelli's seat after a lower court stopped the printing of ballots to reflect his sudden withdrawal. Lautenberg emerged as the leading contender to replace Torricelli on the November 5th ballot after another choice. U.S. Representative Frank Pallone, no relation to Dave Pallone, said he would not enter the race due to family reasons, Democratic sources said last night. Lautenberg, 78, retired from the Senate two years ago after three terms and is a longtime rival of Torricelli. In a brief speech after the governor's announcement, Lautenberg promised he would continue fighting for causes he worked for in his previous terms, such as the environment, prescription drug benefits and Medicare, and abortion rights. It'll be the shortest campaign I've ever been engaged in, and I kind of like the prospects, he joked. With just five weeks left before the midterm elections, the party scrambled to find a candidate in the race against Republican newcomer Doug Forrester. The New Jersey race is critical to Democratic hopes of holding on to control of the Senate. Bill Bradley said no. And uh, Bob Menendez said no. And even uh, Eric and Lyle Menendez said no. Even they don't want it. How do you like that? Well, you know, Eric, he's married to that hot blonde chick. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see that show? Nope. It's pretty, uh, I don't want to say it's interesting, pretty depressing, I think, is right. what I'm looking for. 956 at 560 WQM, time to tell you about Balance for Life. And the Beast, uh, I'm sorry, Beast, we're not going to bat for you. You had your chance the other day when you were in that studio. I gave you the opportunity to open up your big uh, fat mouth. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't give us the story. Oh, see, off the air, he's telling a different tale, like a lot of other people I know. I don't want to mention George. Off the air, he's telling, like Rimmer, same thing. Ba -ba 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 -ba, off the air and on the air, uh, you know, like that. 
like the mad dog, like a lot of other people, like zip the lip. Anyway, if you want to lose the weight, if you want to zip the lip when it comes to eating all of that fattening food, here's the answer for you. Balance for life. No more cooking, no shopping, no cleaning, no worries, because they combine the knowledge of the zone diet with special emphasis on the glycemic values of carbs, and they deliver to your door in a little black sack every morning, right by 6 o'clock in the a.m., three gourmet meals made with delicious fresh ingredients and two delicious snacks, and a little bottle of water in there, too, to boot, eh? So you don't have to worry about buying anything or counting anything. The only choices you have to make are on that little menu they send you. You have two choices for each meal every day that you're on the program. And believe me, you'll be full right up to your gullet because there's plenty of food in there to keep you satisfied all day long. Nothing frozen, nothing artificial, no little boxes of crap. Everything is fresh and delicious, made with the best ingredients you'll find anywhere. Lots of vegetables, lots of tasty, great stuff, chicken dishes and beef and all kinds of wraps, you name it. So let Balance for Life help you lose weight the easy, delicious, painless way. Call them today at 954 954- Five six eight thirty two twenty nine. I guarantee you, no time at all. You'll look a hell of a lot better than the beast. Nine five four five six eight thirty two twenty nine, or check out their website at balanceforlife.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio five sixty. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, we take a good. Hard, stiff looking to stardom. It only took one hit for them to burn their freaking song into our brains. But it only took one man to bring them to their freaking knees. They were after the fire. So we're recording the song, right? And I know it's missing something, but. I don't know what. Lead singer Jack Wofford talks about his so-called creative process. So I'm singing out loud, you know, don't turn around. And just then, the janitor is walking by, and he goes, uh-oh. And I go, they're commissars in town. And he goes, uh-oh. And right then, I knew we had a hit. Unfortunately for the band, so did the janitor, Ron Bustum. Hey, it was my uh-ohs that made that song so popular. I was making sh- money as a janitor. I figured why not ream them good. Ron hired a sleazy lawyer who tricked the band into paying Ron $5,000 for every uh-oh, every time the song was played anywhere in the world for his entire life. That oily little bastard. I mean, 5000 every time he goes, uh-oh. We went broke in about 20 minutes. I work at Borders for crying out loud. Meanwhile, at his Hawaiian villa, Ron the janitor has attained rock star cult status, which he openly uses to get laid a lot. Oh, Ron. Do it again, Ron. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, Ron. <laughs> After the fire. They learned the hard way not to let a janitor go, uh-oh, in your song. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. Can't wait. 1003 at 560 WQAM. Publisher uh, Walter Andenberg. You know, we've talked about him on the show many times, and I can never remember what his name is. Yeah. Guess what? Walter Andenberg. Yeah. TV Guide. Die. You're not familiar with this? No. You better get with it, mister. You're not keeping up on the world affairs hey, and I events and Smallville stuff. Smallville and then went to bed. I see. Well, that was a good choice. Well, no, he died before Smallville. Oh, Walter okay. Annenberg, who, in fact, just as it was coming on, I think the excitement squirt, squirt. was a little bit too much. <laughs> I think when Clark, when those sperm started swimming around and Clark started burning up the screen in the whole goddamn uh, classroom, I think that's when Walter finally, oh, and that was it. 
Walter Annenberg, who parlayed America's love affair with TV into a fortune by launching the National TV Guide magazine and later served as ambassador to Britain, died yesterday. He was 94. That's old enough. Wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll 94 take it. is old enough. Wouldn't most of us like to make it to 94 yeah, in reasonably man. good health? Yes. You bet. Annenberg, who created 17 magazine, gave billions of dollars to charity and endowed two leading journalism schools. He died at his home in suburban Wynwood. Of complications from pneumonia, said Kathleen Hall Jameson, dean of the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania. His wife, Leonore, was with him when he died. Annenberg was a big... Now, see, this guy, this is what I've always screamed about. He used to be a raving liberal many years ago. Yeah. And then uh, something happened. I don't know what the hell uh, hit him uh, somewhere in the old... Rectum. And he became a raving right-wing lunatic. He probably started making some money. Oh, he did. Annenberg was a big contributor to Republican political candidates in a times of behind-the-scenes political power... Report CBS News correspondent Bob Fuss. He socialized often with Presidents Eisenhower, Nixon, Ford, and Reagan. While President Mr. Reagan spent most every New Year's with Annenberg, parting as his, at his walled Palm Springs, California estate. How do you like that? After selling some of his properties, he sold the remaining triangle properties, including TV Guide to, Mag to Maggot Rupert Murdoch in 1988, for $3 billion. Forbes magazine listed him as one of the wealthiest Americans, ranking him number 39 this year with an estimated net worth of four. Billion dollars. And you know how much good that's going to do him now? None. Not too much good because now the worms are going to get him. The damn worms are going to get him. Yeah, but he'll be in a really nice casket while they eat. I remember once upon a time I was talking about a rose, you know, a nice rose. Yeah. And about how, you know, flowers, you plant the seed mm -hmm. and then the uh, plant grows and then it blossoms and it blooms and it turns beautiful. And then, you know, you water it and you keep it alive as long as possible. And then you see the leaves start wilting and it kind of like mm -hmm. shrivels up. And it dies. it dies. And I said, there's the, the, the perfect analogy for human life. I mean, that, that's, that's just the way it is. You know, you're born, you live your life, and once you start to be 17 or 18, cells start dying instead of growing. And it's pretty depressing to think you start dying when you're 17, but it's true. Right. And then, like, you know, you start, in fact, the living proof of that is if you, if you get on some of these, uh, search for your old friends things on the internet. Yes. And you look at those pictures of people that you went to school with a hundred years ago, and you look at what they look like now, and oh, oh my God, people who used to look really sensational, you know, like 42 years ago, they're all wrinkled up, and they're, ah, and they got paunchy pot bellies, and they look like crap. And then before you know it, they stick your ass in a pine box, and the worms get you, and you're dead. Or not necessarily in that order. And I remember the guy called me that day, he said, that's the worst analogy I ever heard in my life. Another emotional cripple. Another one of the many brilliant calls I've had over the years in those awful days when the show was about nothing but begging for phone calls, begging for an intelligent response, which we seldom got, or even an interesting or amusing response, which we seldom got. That's the worst analogy I ever heard in my life, Neil. I thought I thought it was magnificent. I, I thought sure. it was perfect. I like the cockroach analogy a little bit better. Well, no, I mean, the cockroach thing is a little bit grotesque, but the fact of the matter is, when you step on a cockroach, which is uh, the, your immediate instinct is to swat it, to, to step on it, to kill it immediately, if not sooner, because it's a disgusting, nasty little thing that carries all kinds of disease and whatever, and it don't look too good to top it all off. It's not very appetizing. It's not like a bunny rabbit. Uh... And you step on that thing, and, or, and even even better one is an ant. Why is that better? See, let, let me tell you how I look upon death. I have a term, and that is that when you die, you cease to exist. Right. You go back to what you were before you no, were no, born. No, no, you, you, you forget about that. You cease to exist. Yeah. Right. Now, people will say, people will want to be nostalgic, oh, but they exist in our memory. Well, that's fine. They exist in your memory because you're still alive and your right. brain is still functioning, but they don't exist anymore. Right. And it's not like, well, they're going to die for a little while, and then you know, they'll change their mind well, and come back. Like you know. Ted Williams, he still exists. 
Yeah, now that's a good point. <laughs> Unless you're on ice, you might exist on ice, especially if you're like a hockey player would be good. You know, like Terry Sawchuk. He's dead, but maybe he exists somewhere on ice. Maybe he's getting ready for Hockey Night in Canada. Maybe he's going to replace Ron McLean on Hockey Night in Canada because I'm sure that his stiff would work cheaper than Ron. But nevertheless. And because people are so emotionally crippled and conditioned to fear to have this terror of death, I mean, oh, no, man has a soul, and the good Lord this and the good Lord that. The good Lord that invents all of these diseases, all of these horrendous, grotesque uh, religions where people are killing each other because they, they just can't get the message, you know. And like the Virgin Mary, she can't, she can't, she needs a map. She needs a compass and a road map. She keeps showing up on the side of bank buildings mm -hmm. in Pensacola. Well, who the hell gives a crap about freaking Pensacola or that little town in Georgia? Where the hell was that town? Uh, oh. Conroy, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Conroy. Conroy Conrad, freaking like Georgia that's got a population of like eight. And she shows up there. <clears throat> like I've said before, if Jesus is going to come back, how about like doing it right on that big billboard there in Times Square would be good. Okay. Run IMAX. And that sound good to you? Oh, Deputy Attorney General Larry Thompson, breaking news. Pledged criminal conduct. Not only does... Ah, this is about the Enron thing, okay? Breaking news, breaking... CNN, they're the Antichrist, okay? They make me sick to my stomach. In fact, I think I may program all of my TVs just to blot it out. Former CFO of Enron to be charged today. We already know that. It's not breaking news. They already showed us an hour ago, and Andrew, Andrew Fastow is accused of masterminding the scam. And that's not breaking news. Breaking news is something new, something shocking, something like the world is coming to an end, or Sodom just blew his brains out, or something. Oh, speaking of Sodom, yeah. USA Today says U.S. troops are at a risk of needless deaths in a chemical or biological attack because of inadequate training or, or protective gear. Congressional and Defense Department investigators told a House panel yesterday. Democrats opposing a possible invasion of Iraq cited those problems as more reason to oppose President Bush's request for a congressional go-ahead for the use of military force. Bush accuses Iraqi President Saddam of stockpiling chemical and biological weapons in violation of U.N. resolutions demanding that Iraq disarm. Are we exposing our men and women at this point to contamination, knowing that we cannot protect them? Asked Representative Diane Watson, Democrat of California. I'm not going to support going blindly in a warfare that could result in great bodily harm to our fighting men and women, she'd be saying. Investigators from the GAO and the Pentagon's Inspector General said the military has problems keeping track of its protective gear, supplying enough protective equipment to troops, and training them in how to work in a contaminated environment. The survival of our service members in military operations in a chemical or biological environment may be at risk, Raymond Decker of the GAO told a House Government Reform National Security subcommittee hearing yesterday. Decker and Joseph Schmitz. The Defense Department Inspector General said the reports on problems with chemical and biological protection were largely classified. They cited these unclassified details. The Defense Department has not accounted for up to 250,000 defective protective suits. Military officials told the panel there was a low risk these suits would be used in combat. The military has shortages of some important protective gear and has not met internal requirements for the number of full protective ensembles, which include gas masks, hoods, suits, boots, and gloves. Well, if they need extra hoods, they can always go see John Ascroft. Many units have had insufficient training on how to deal with chemical or biological attacks, and the military has implemented only recently requirements that units submit reports on their chemical and biological training. Marine Corps and Air Force training is more robust than Army and Navy training, Schmidt said. The Defense Department recalled almost 800,000 protective suits in the year 2000 after warnings from internal investigators about defects including holes, improper stitching, and embedded foreign objects in the fabric. All were made by a bankrupt New York company, Istra, Istratex, whose top officials later pleaded guilty to federal charges. 
The Defense Logistics Agency has accounted for about 550,000 of the defective suits, agency official George Allen told the House panel. The agency has offered free shipping and has sent reminder notices to military commanders as recently as a month ago to recover the defective suits. Allen Army Major General William Bond, a chemical and biological offense official, said remaining defective suits probably would not be in the hands of frontline units. Probably, but we're not too sure. The military currently has about 4.5 million sets of protective gear, including 1.5 million of the latest version known as the Joint Service Lightweight Integrated Suit Technology, or JS List. All four military services have shortages of some items, Decker said, and the shortages are to worsen as older equipment passes expiration dates. Well, nevertheless, you know, when in doubt, just chip them out. We'll, we'll take our chances, you know what I'm saying? Right, well, they will. Well, yeah, well, we'll take our chances with their lives. That's basically what the Bushmeisters yeah, are right. saying. We're not going to get into it's it. not us. We'll just hop on Air Force One again and hightail it out there to uh, St. Louis or somewhere. One of those bunkers, one of those really nicely appointed bunkers that we saw that special about. Yeah, we'll go see Archie. Twelve minutes after ten at 560, we got Joe Rose for the Mad Dog. Did we ever confirm that? Is that accurate? Because nope. I, I hate to put some news on here that I heard on Moe's show because I'm a little bit uh, concerned about <laughs> some of the information. And he did not. Uh, he was not accountable this morning that I heard. I didn't hear the whole show, of course. But he wasn't accountable. He didn't step up to the plate and admit about Carolyn and about the Beast and about all these things since he's always telling us we got to be accountable. Didn't hear it myself. Maybe somebody can fax us and let us know. Was Mo accountable this morning? No. Did he step up to the plate? And was he accountable for his actions and admit instead of answering questions with another stupid question? Where you can talk about from? Talking about training. Exactly. Because we know beyond it. Well, we don't want to get the Beast in too much trouble. He's got He's got his own issues, you know. Let me tell you right now, if you want to stay in good health, Oleomed can't hurt. It can only help because it's a fine new product. It's a little uh, capsule you pop in your puss that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with a combination, a blend of vitamins, minerals, and herbals, and they promote different parts of your health for different parts of your body. Following, there's one for your heart, one to help lower your blood pressure, one to help uh, control your cholesterol and prostate, one for your circulatory system, one for your digestive and endocrine system, one for your skin and bones, and there's an Oleomed potion even designed to help your mind, and believe you me. All using the benefits of the best olive oil you'll find anywhere on this planet, and Oleomed continues making products designed to help men and some for ladies as well. It's an outstanding, exciting, sensational new product, and if you want to pick it up, you can do so all over town. Pick some up at Whole Food Markets, that's with the W, Walgreens, Sedano's, and Navarro Pharmacies. For more info on Oleomed, call our toll-free number and just ask whatever the hell comes to your mind. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. And you can order their great product online if you like at oleomedamerica.com. Live and local. This, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Holy cow, Aaron's coming. Well, he's a Tallahassee Nazi. Ooh, who got the money from his daddy. And as I said, my little bratty, with an agenda that's crappy, well, he's a Tallahassee Nazi, double AFLA. Well, he's a presidential son who doesn't have to run. No one else is going to win. He might as well just move right in. Sig Heil, Sig Heil, Sig Heil, Sig Heil. He has a golden spoon. He was born with up his ass. So look out, all you Jews. Woo! Get ready for the gas. He's a Tallahassee Nazi. He'll give our civil rights to whammy. Woo! Cause he's a Tallahassee Nazi. Love of FLA. Well, he's a very wealthy dude with very fascist views who never paid his dues by the 
here we'll all be screwed. Seek higher, seek higher, seek higher, Any schmuck could win that race against Buddy McKay. Why do you think they call it Goober? Victorial anyway. He's a Tallahassee Nazi. He'll make the KKK happy. Yeah, he's a Tallahassee Nazi. Ten nineteen at five sixty WQAM. More trouble for Martha. Oi. Poor Martha, man. They just won't leave that bitch alone. You know. All right. An assistant to Martha Stewart's stockbroker has decided to plead guilty and testify against the home decorating maven and others in Imclone system scandal. The AP learned yesterday. Dennis Fanuel, twenty-six, is expected to plead guilty today to a misdemeanor, making false statements to investigators. As part of the deal, said a source familiar with the plea negotiations, the agreement was confirmed by another source familiar with the negotiations, who also spoke, of course, on the condition of anonymity. Right. Good guess. Investigators are looking into Stewart's sales of nearly four thousand Imclone shares last December, which we already know, just before the stock price plunged on news that the FDA would not renew or review its highly touted cancer drug, Herbitux. Merrill Lynch handles Stewart's Imclone sale. Prosecutors are trying to determine if Stewart was tipped off by her close friend, Sam Waxel, Imclone's founder and ex-CEO, who's in big, big hot water. Fanuel's lawyer did not return calls for comment, and Stewart's spokesman, Alan Magrino, declined to comment as well. They're all mum. A spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office also declined to comment. So there you go. He's, uh, he's going to turn the tables, man, on her. He's going to spill the beans. Wouldn't you love to see her in uh, one of those orange jumpsuits? I think that would be lovely. <laughs> in fact, I think maybe we could hook her up with Susan Smith. Sounds good. You could do the programs in prison. Now, if you're tired of your orange jumpsuit, here's how you can snazzy it up. And what was the bitch in Texas? What the hell was her name? Andrea Yates. Andrea Yates and Susan Smith and um, Martha. In fact, Martha can do the cooking. You know, one more and you got a pinochle foursome. It sounds great to me. Ex-pastor sentenced to prison. Oh, God. He was a loving father, a caring mentor, a charismatic pastor. But what defied Michael's score yesterday was his sexual interest in boys. In a downtown San Diego courtroom crowded with supporters and critics of the fallen clergyman, a judge sentenced the former senior pastor of Calvary Lutheran Church in Solana Beach, California, to 29 years in prison. Score, 55, pleaded guilty in August to molesting an 11-year-old boy and trying to do the same to the boy's younger brother. Score was spared a life prison term when defense lawyer Bill Nimmo negotiated a sentence of no less than 20 years and no more than 30 years. The boys each told authorities Score touched them inappropriately. Score denies touching the younger boy. In other words, the 11-year-old, that was okay, but the younger boy, he wouldn't do that. The case destroyed the innocence of the two boys, said their mother, who now wonders if they'll ever regain their faith in a loving God. No, God. It horrified Squirt's wife and children who say their faith caused them to forgive him at the same time they denounced his actions. It transformed the prominent church on Via de Valley, where the uh, office doors now have windows, and leaders say watching out for children is much a part as of life as Wednesday dinners on the beach. And his left score saying he doesn't understand how he came to betray a life of service to others as an Air Force sergeant, a Boy Scout leader, a teacher, a sheriff's deputy, and an ordained minister. And let me say it again at the risk of alienating some of my fag friends out there in the audience. Gays and the Scouts, no problem. But gay Boy Scout leaders, no. Sorry. You know what I'm talking about? Troop, whatever they call them? Scoutmasters. Scoutmasters, exactly. Sorry. No way, Jose. Now, see, why do they send me this thing about the Red Cross? Driver records altered. See, they're just going to get me agitated because every time I went to our the website yesterday, that banner ad at the bottom for the Red Cross kept popping up on there just to piss me off, I think. 
San Diego Red Cross officials doctored records that determined the amount of bonuses the charity received through transportation contracts it had with San Diego County. They doctored the records. We've uncovered in our investigation instances of driver manifest being altered. Robert Chiapak, spokesman for the National Red Cross, said yesterday. I wonder if he's any kin to Chiapet. Chiapak's disclosure came in response to a question raised by a wrongful termination lawsuit filed last week by a former Red Cross office clerk. The Red Cross sucks, okay? Don't give any money to the Red Cross. And if you don't believe me, just look back and read those articles about what happened post-9-11. Embarrassing. They always have to be embarrassed into doing the right thing because behind the scenes they're doing a lot of crap. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So don't be fooled by those banner ads on our website for the Red Cross and do this and donate that because we have no control over that. Or at least that's what Eric says. And I'm sure he doesn't. Do you think? He doesn't. How do you know that? I'm just guessing. You're just taking his word for it. Don't don't be taking his word for it. Because Carl, huh? Carlos is just standing there salivating. He's waiting online, man, to move right in. What are you saying? Now, don't be, don't be equivocating, okay? Don't be like, don't be taking your uh, cues from people like George and uh, the Beast, okay, who talk a good game off the air and then on the air at like that. You know, they're like uh, all over the place because they're scared crapless. What do you got to lose, a buck and a half an hour? What do you care? And what is it? you got a good point. Um, yeah. No, I really don't know what kind of contract he's got with them. Uh, that is that is the, the point. He can – they do they do control everything on that, but I don't know if he could force them to do anything else. But, I mean, that is, that is true. He doesn't place the individual service. ones. He has no control over it. Right. But that still gives Carlos an opportunity to move in there because I don't, I don't see the new Boca Brian thing on her. Do you, the new uh, CD? Um, he's waiting for the graphics from Boca Brian. I'm just kidding. Oh. Will you relax? You Jesus, know, you, you know are... what you're doing to the man. You think it's funny. He doesn't. What do you mean he doesn't think it's he funny? He takes it now, all seriously. No matter how many conversations I have with him before and after the show, he takes it all seriously. He's now, you never said that before. You always, now, that's uh, bull crap. You always said crap. to me before about the fat jokes and about all the other stuff. Yeah, the fat oh, jokes he's got are a, funny. He's got it. a... Okay, so forget about the other stuff. He's fat, okay? He's fat. Okay, let's just stop at that. He's fat. He won't <laughs> stop eating. And that's why he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He knows it's just all shtick for crying out loud, and you're the one that's getting all defensive and paranoid because uh, over it. Because I keep having to go over that with him, that it's all shtick. Go shit. over what? That it's all shtick. We love Eric, okay? So he's fat, and he's sometimes he a little slow on the uptake. He yanked all the ads and was losing revenue because he thought you were genuinely pissed off about that whole thing. About what? About the Red Cross thing. No, for, put him back on there, for Christ's sake. I told him that. I said, get, oh, stop being a silly person. Jesus Christ, Eric. Butch up a little bit, will you please? Guy like that? Here's the good news. Let's get some good news on here, okay? Because uh, time is a waste in here, man. We only got till noon, then we got to play all those bits for an hour and kill an hour. I mean, and I see we got another schedule. These schedules keep coming in here, man. Like, wow. Well, that's the one that's got the. Uh... I, but I already did that on mine. We don't need to keep wasting this goddamn paper. They gave it to me. With Joe Rose instead of the Mad Dog today, okay? Big uh, the little dog, the Mad Dog. We got a dog, okay? Some dog. Major League Baseball playoffs. Well, let's uh, tomorrow, please, but please, it says on here, please, please uh, quit bugging me with schedules, okay? We'll worry about tomorrow when we get there. You worry about getting your morning guard to start promoting all the shows on here, and then I'll worry about uh, promoting uh, other crap. They can't get that done, can they? No. No. Even even the trained monkey, we enjoyed that. You know, he didn't even come up with that this morning. Right. We we don't mind the organ grinder and the trained monkey. That's a, at least a step in the right direction, an acknowledgement that there's a show coming on instead of Geldy with his uh, five-day pregame show or whatever crap he's uh, no, spouting today. I'm going to give a copy of that to Robert so that they can play it. Good. That, that's great. That'd be an excellent lead-in. 
234 votes on the pool. I'm starting to raise an eyebrow on this one, but I'll, we'll just, you know, we'll go with it. If the election for governor being held today, who would you vote for? Bill McBride, 121. Jeb Bush, 81. Uh-huh. Mo Howard, David, 20, and I wouldn't vote 12. A little bit suspect, but nevertheless. Hey, is there still anybody alive out there who isn't plunging their guts out at VIPSportsbook.com? Uh-huh. Well, what are you waiting for? You're not missing, you're really missing out on a really great sports book or something like that. You hear a lot of ads these days, but you need to do some research before you plunk down your hard-earned money at some unstable third-world sports book. Let me help you out. VIPSportsbook.com is the only book to be unanimously endorsed by the industry watchdogs. They're Dutch-based, not like uh, based in some horrible place like Costa Rica and one of the first online sports books. Now, why would I say Costa Rica is a horrible place? I don't know. I've heard it in only nice things. Third world, baby. Well, yeah, but. Seriously, if you want to go on a roll of a lifetime, you want to be with the best sports book, just ask uh, Phil the Bugman next time you I see do. him. VIPSportsbook.com. It's the best in the universe, and, of course, the football season is swinging it in all directions now. You can almost smell that pigskin and those soiled jockstraps in the air. So be with the very best, VIPSportsbook.com. And speaking of football, of course, we got that gigantic pressure-packed game, the Patriots and the Dolphins, this Sunday. So open an account online and get you a 15% cash sign-up bonus. And did I mention, of course, like I always try to do, they give you the highest parlay odds you'll find in the world, up to 2,000 to 1. So get over to VIPSportsbook.com and plunge in a book with some serious class. The phone number toll-free is 1-866-VIP-BETS, B-E-T-S, 1-866-VIP-BETS. Go online to VIPSportsbook.com and get that 15% bonus for signing up online. VIPSportsbook.com, where you are the VIP. Sports Radio 560. Okay, so we got a thing from a CNN there. Really, Wilson's caretakers arrested on fraud charges. You see that? Good. Nice going there, Jeb. Oh! You're doing it, baby. Not. Remember that story we had the other day about the bus attack? Right. Well, you were right. You've had, you've been hot for about a week. You've been right on, you had your thumb on it. Beaner. Oh, yeah. That's how they knew it wasn't a terrorist attack? Exactly. Beaner. A transit was booked on suspicion of murder yesterday for allegedly slashing the throat of a Greyhound bus driver with a pair of scissors, causing a crash that killed two passengers. The bus heading from Los Angeles to San Francisco flipped on its side Monday evening and slid into a field off Interstate 5 near Fresno was carrying 50 passengers. The suspect, Arturo Martinez, 27, was held on two counts of murder and one count of attempted murder. Authorities said they didn't know of any motive. 
He's told us several stories about why he did what he did. Sheriff's Detective uh, Lieutenant Margaret Mims said, she said authorities were checking to see whether drugs, alcohol, or mental problems played a role. Officials said the attack was not related to terrorism and said yesterday they didn't know the motive of Arturo Tapia Martinez, 27, a transient from Los Angeles area who was booked into Fresno County Jail on two counts. We just got through saying that on how many counts. Boy, CBS, you people need some help. There was no clue that there was going to be any trouble on board the bus, Mims said passengers told authorities. They said he simply got up out of his seat, went up to the aisle, and attacked the driver. There was no yelling, no threats, no argument before uh, he did it, just a direct attack on the driver, she added. It happened very quickly. He immediately stabbed the driver, too quickly for the passengers to take action on their own. The driver was actually cut in the neck. He struggled, tried to defend himself, and lost control of the bus. After authorities arrived on the scene, passengers pointed out Martinez, and he was caught as he tried to run away. I saw a dude walk fast and pull, part, uh, pull past the front of the bus, said passenger Howard Johnson. There he is again. I think they're only using his name because they like the I name, know. you know. Who suffered only minor injuries and later was reunited in a community bus center with his wife. I'm feeling blessed, he said, as he headed for uh, some of them clam strips and chowder at Howard Johnson's. And 57 flavors. What do they got, 37 or is it 50? What, how many they got? I don't know how many they have. I think Baxter Robbins has got 57, 57 don't they? 57, right. And, and Hojo, I guess, 33? Don't know. Are there any more around? There was that Hojo's no, sure they're like around on... Here. They're on the beach. There's one over here by the Golden Glades. They're around. It's just uh, I don't know anybody that goes there anymore. There really are still Hojo's around? Because the yeah. last one I recall eating at, in fact, it was a sponsor by us very briefly. In fact, remember they reopened it under a different name? No. Miami, Miami Avenue and 195th, I believe. Does okay. that sound right? No. Yes, it does. Well, it doesn't or, sound familiar. Or is it, or is it Northwest Second Avenue and um, 195th? Well, I, whatever, whichever. That's right there over was a, here. Huh? That's right over here. Well, I'm telling you, there used to be a Hojo's right in that corner, and then it became something else, and it was a sponsor of ours for about five minutes until they went out of business because there's no white people in that neighborhood. Well, in there, that hood. there was the Wags over here on the corner where the BP is now. Is that the the, the corner? Let, let me ask you something. Seriously. Yeah. Is is Miami Avenue? You said near or Northwest Second. Four forty one is Northwest Second. I thought four forty one is like Northwest Seventh. No. Our address here, Northwest in, in Second a, Avenue. In, a, in addition to which, isn't that Ives Dairy right there on the corner? Yes. So what does that have to do with Miami Avenue? You said over one hundred ninety fifth. You're five blocks off. Yeah. In North Miami Avenue. Is two blocks from where we are. Well, whatever the hell it is, there was a Hojo's right there, Mr. Mr. Argumentative today. Okay. See, first he's starting to pick on Eric and say that know. Eric is an emotional basket case, an emotional cripple who doesn't understand the show. He doesn't get it. He's taking everything personal. And now he's starting to argue, give me like a, a, a map and a compass. You're there. You should look right out the window where you're sitting right now. Don't remember no Hojo anywhere near here. There Here's was a the Golden Glade. As sure as I'm sitting here All right. at 195th. As you're going north on Miami Avenue, you get to 100, uh, not, not 195th, to 95th. See, just 100 blocks off. Okay. So it was a slip of the tongue, okay? <laughs> 95th or 96th, whatever that is. You know, like in Schwarzertown there. Which, of course, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that, sure co still that there. covers a lot of territory in the city of Miami. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. There, there was a Hojo's, 95th or 96th, when you'd make the left turn there to go to I-95. But like, kind of like where Biscayne used to be, not too far, a few blocks from there. Exactly. Until all the Sparches closed them up. Just ask Ken Muldoon, he'll tell you. Don't know if it's still there, but I think you're right. No, it's, I know it's not there. It's not there anymore. You crazy? You nuts? And like I just tried to tell you, I tried to explain to you, but you were like too busy arguing about uh, just being 100 blocks off. 
uh, it, it became something else, and they were a sponsor of ours for like about 10 minutes, and then they went under. They went bust. Can't imagine why. A mob of about a mob of about twenty children beat a man brain dead with bats, boards, and shovels after he punched one of them in the mouth for throwing an egg at him Sunday night. Milwaukee police said that's a horrible place. I've never been there, but I don't want to go. You know what? Never heard oh, good things. Although, don't they have good bratwurst there? Don't know. Well, according to that thing the other day, eight brats, eight bucks, whatever that was in Cleveland. I'd rather go to Cleveland. That's not a very fun place either, I don't think, although they cleaned it up supposedly. But that used to be a real toilet. Only there were no it once. There were no white people in Cleveland. But Milwaukee, Milwaukee's got a lot of white people who are just like skinheads, you know, and drunks, Nazis, right. things like that. Anyway, eight young suspects were in custody yesterday, one just 10 years old. A local TV station reported, and Milwaukee police are looking for more. The victim, 36-year-old Charlie Young Jr. of Milwaukee, remained on life support. The gang chased Young out of the porch of a house in the city's north side and pummeled him. Young tried to escape into the house, reports John Jagler of CBS Radio affiliate WTMJAM. WTMJ, home of the Milwaukee Brewers, formerly the Milwaukee Braves. WTMJ. Earl Gillespie, and who was the other guy who did the Braves games? Somebody. Uh, Earl Gillespie and Dan, uh, I don't know. Stewart. Dan Stewart. Oh, we're fine. They were hurling objects and using their truncheons to go after this man and go inside the house. They came inside the house and pulled the man out, said the building's owner, Gerard Johnson, in relation to Howard. If they had any kind of heart, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have did that, he said. Oh, why do they keep doing that? Why do they, they, they make direct quotes off these illiterate, pathetic, uh, subhumans. They wouldn't have did that. Authorities, and this is on CBSnews.com, okay? I mean, can't they clean up the guy's language a little bit, especially when they're using his name, Gerard Johnson? You gotta keep your Johnson straight, man. That's what the mad dog says. If they had any kind of heart, they wouldn't have did that. Authorities did not know Monday night while Young was nearly four miles from his home, whether or not the kids knew him and where the confrontation started. It's unknown what charges the boys in custody will face, but they could be charged as soon as today. Police continue to search uh, for as many as 18 other juveniles involved in the assault. Well, that's lovely. Speaking of that, oh, now wait a minute, what's this? Um, but that is the most information we have right now. It's coming from our affiliates, KTLA and uh, KTTV. This chase was going on for for quite a while. If you look now, if you look closely, this we morning. can see that the, the policemen have their guns drawn. High speed chase in L.A. They're not taking any chances there. Uh, it's an older model Chevy pickup truck with um, and wait, I, the name of this particular model escapes yeah. me. Yeah, well, the cab, of the, the the rear cab of it uh, fell off in the crash. If they get the camera oh, okay. shot over, you see where the it came. Why is it that so many of the damn high-speed chases happen in L.A.? Remember the one we had on uh, Alligator Alley, right? C a couple of years ago, that was fun. Mm -hmm. And then instead of stopping the guys like at the and blocking them off at the um, toll booth, toll booth thing, remember that? Then they let right. them uh, keep let going. Them know, I don't get that and jeopardize the, the safety of a whole bunch of other people. But that's just the way we do it in Florida, okay? We don't like doing things right. Anyway, speaking of attacks, three arrested for a gay actor attack, West Hollywood, California. Three men were arrested for an investigation of beating a gay actor with a baseball bat outside his home last month in a suspected, suspected hate crime attack. They started suspecting when a gay ran up to him and yelled, You're gay. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Captain Linda Castro announced the arrest during a news conference late yesterday. She declined to identify the men. This is what we've been waiting for the entire month of September for, Castro said of the arrest. This has been a month from hell. Investigators are looking into whether the suspects were involved in other assaults on gay men in West Hollywood, including one that took place just hours after Tree, after actor Treve Brody was attacked. Is that his name? Okay. Brody, 33, was attacked on Labor Day weekend after he embraced a male friend. Brody lay <clears throat> near death for several days. The friend was also struck but not seriously injured. Another man was similarly attacked the same night, and the fourth was beaten later in September by two men yelling anti-gay epithets and wielding a bat and a pipe. 
The attacks put the city on alert. Police stepped up patrols. West Hollywood, a city of about 36,000 residents, is a major destination for gay, lesbian, and transgendered people. No Schmidt. When Castro said the men were in custody, a small crowd standing by nearly nearby burst into applause. Okay. Okay, good. We got him. Now, that's, see, why did I do that? Wasn't that wasn't that in poor taste? Yes, insensitive. Okay. I could have just, you know, we could have just gone. Okay. That would have been good enough. 1042 at 560 WQM. Tom Lehman says, okay for you, baby. He's got a fantastic Neil Rogers deal waiting for you for all the people, the wonderful folks who listen to this show like he does every day. He's probably listening right now. How's it going, eh, Tom? What about that Ron McClain on Hockey Night in Canada? What are we going to do about that? Anyway, this is why he created the Neil deal at Hallett, and this is why we have no new copy from Bob Eisenberg, because we just keep reshuffling from one month back to the last month, back to another month, just back and forth and forth and back. Because, Bob, you know, can you imagine Bob sitting down at a typewriter and that muskrat falling like off to an angle on his head? Save big dollars on all Pontiacs and GMCs in stock at Hallett right now. Just mention you heard about it here on the world-famous Neil Rogers Show. Stop by Hallett Pontiac, GMC, 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's U.S. 1 across from the falls where every vehicle is marked with the lowest price. Mention old Neil and save even more right now at Hallett. And while you're there, be sure and take a peek at the whole line of GMC SUVs, including the exciting new Envoy, which was voted by Motor Trend as SUV of the year, and the all-new Vibe SUV that's got the power of a sports car, but certainly not a Corvette. Hallett's also got a great selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs if you're looking for a dependable used vehicle. And, of course, like I always tell you, credit's not a problem at Hallett, no matter how many people turned you down. If everybody in the world turned you down for credit trying to buy a vehicle, Hallett is around. They'll do it for you. So get you a Neil Rogers deal at Hallett Pontiac GMC, 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's U.S. 1 right across from the falls where they've been going great for 35 years plus. Open every day, seven days a week. Hallett Pontiac GMC, who do be professional grades. Sports Radio 560, QAM. No juice today, Judgito had to say, the jury's gone away on a busman's holiday. No juice today, so find another way to get you through the day, cause you won't see OJ. No. Why don't they know how long it's gonna take? Now they all go and take another break. They waste our time with nothing to defend. Just try the guy and bring it to an end. No use today, that's too bad for OJ. He can't defend his rage, he's locked up in his cage. 1047 at 560 WQAM. Happy Wednesday to you. we got Joe Rose for the Mad Dog coming up at one hank at three. And then we got all that baseball stuff, playoff baseball. Angels and the Yankees again. And a crow, of course, precedes that if you can stomach that. Speaking of stomaching things, oh, and did you see the three uh, the three murder suspects? Yes, I did. They got them all. Good. Which is kind of depressing. You know, it's no fun now. You know, it ended too oh, fast. Wow, it's over. And you'll notice at least the one of the three. I didn't see the other two, did you? No. But the one guy that had You saw two of them? Were they both white? Uh, or beaners. Now, now, see, there you go again. White. This guy looked as white as you are, okay? Like I said, a beaner. And, uh, he was the one guy that, uh, here we go. We're back on there again. Chase ends in Orange County, California. In California. First alive picture as we just... The, the one guy that had his hands behind his head was a white guy, okay? California. Right. In southern... And maybe that sounds like a racial thing to you, but we, last thing we need is another Rodney Doesn't King like deal a racial thing here. thing to me. That's not that. Sure it is. Like sure it is. You called him a beaner already. The 91 freeway in Anaheim, not too far from Disneyland in Southern California. 
Just like that guy on the uh, Greyhound bus, and you said Beaner, and of course you were right. But... Buck, uh, we believe we're getting word they're wanted as murder suspects, although we're working on getting more information on that from that high-speed chase. Because, and the reason I'm concerned about that is because while that guy was backing up there with his hands behind his head, I'm thinking the LAPD, being as brilliant as they are, like, probably shoot him like on worldwide TV. You know, somebody get trigger happy. Oh, oh, gee, I didn't mean it, you know, because they bumble everything. Speaking of bumbling, now this is an update on the story we had yesterday, but this it just keeps getting better. A man dubbed by authorities as the bumbling bank robber had his two gold teeth knocked out as he ran into traffic and was hit by a van while fleeing a heist FBI agents in Miami. Said, See, we had the other part. I don't think we had the part about the teeth, no. did we? his teeth is... The suspect, who also may have shot himself accidentally, escaped in a waiting getaway car, but police recovered his teeth from the street and held them as evidence, the FBI said yesterday. <laughs> the suspect walked into a watch-over-your-money bank branch in North Miami Beach Monday, pulled a gun from his pocket as he approached the teller and demanded that she fill a bag with money, the FBI said. The teller gave him an undisclosed sum of money, and he turned to flee, discharging the gun as he uh, pulled it from his pocket or stuffed it back into his but whatever. It's unknown at this time if the robber shot himself with a gun discharged. Uh, said the FBI in a statement headlined, Update on Bumbling Bank Robber. The suspect ran out of the bank onto the street, was hit by a white van and dragged under it, authorities said. He managed to get up and run to a waiting car that sped away, leaving his teeth behind his teeth, the investigator said. Police and FBI were looking for him at hospital emergency rooms and medical centers. How about a dentist office? The suspect was described as a tall, thin black man in his late 20s to early 30s. How do you like that, huh? He left his teeth behind. Not a good idea. Don't leave your gold teeth behind. After you pull a heist. Magazine publisher sues Rosie O'Donnell for backing out of Rosie magazine. Uh-oh. On the property where the skull, the leg bone, teeth, and hair were found, all they found yesterday, though, were animal bones. At this point, authorities are saying that they believe that what they have found here, the person who was found here, died in the same way as the parents did. And we talked to a woman who works Jennifer on the property... Short where the skull was found. They're still testing the, the skull. They want to check out the crossbones first. Looks like it's poor little Jennifer Short, you know? Yeah. The publisher of Rosie Magazine sued Rosie O'Donnell for $100 million yesterday oh! for abruptly pulling out of the venture last month. Gruner and Jar Printing and Publishing Company said in court papers that the former talk show host breached her contract and publicly disparaged the magazine when she quit Rosie on September 18. A call to O'Donnell's spokesman, of course, was not returned. The publisher and O'Donnell had been feuding for months about the direction of the magazine. Rosie debuted in April of 2001. The joint venture gave O'Donnell and G&J each a 50% stake in a business. During the first six months of the year, Rosie's total average paid circulation was 3.5 million, the 13th highest magazine circulation nationwide for the first half of this year, according to Advertising Age magazine. Among other things, O'Donnell and G&J have reportedly argued repeatedly about what the magazine cover should look like. Maybe she was upset because they had Porky Pig on the cover. G&J, or was it Petunia Pig, I'm sorry. G&J, the international newspaper and magazine arm of German media giant Bertelsmann, also publishes Parents, Fitness, Fast Company, and Family Circle magazine. Family Circle Jerk magazine. The fact that Rosie magazine had a circulation like that, what does that tell you? There must be an awful lot of shut-ins out there, you know what? Oh, yeah. God. A lot of real disgusting, fat, porky shut-ins. Look for the QAM van today from 4 to 6 at the Publix located at 10755 Northwest 58th Street. Stop by to win prizes, and the first 60 people to come in and say, Cash Bonanza will win free scratch-off tickets, compliments of the Florida Lottery. I'm sure Miguel will be uh, handling this. Yes, he will. So when you see Miguel today, say Cash Bonanza, or just say Lauren Green, or Michael Landon, or Dan Blocker, or who was the other one? Pernell Roberts. Pernell Roberts. They're all dead. Yes. 
Or just say, they're all dead. And Miguel will know exactly what you're talking about. That's 4 to 6 at the Publix at 107.55 Northwest 58th Street. Just look for the QM van and lovely Miguel. And the first 60 people to say, cash bonanza or any of the other stuff I said. will win the free scratch-off tickets, compliments to the Florida Lottery. Oh! Let's hear it, baby. So all we want is just one. Just one for like 6 or 8 million. Doesn't have to be like 100 million. Doesn't have to be the big one. You see where we're really stupid? Those of us who just don't buy the lottery tickets because it's a tremendous waste of time. See, I should be playing it here because at least if you play it here, even though it's crappy Canadian money, you get the whole amount in cash right up front. I thought of you it. always no. played the uh, Canuck lottery. I never played it in my life. Didn't you send Rimmer money or something like that? No, no, that was that? the lottery down there when it got up to that the humongous amount. That was uh, three weekends ago or something like that. He he played it for me down there and we I had see. the first four numbers. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that because he owes me 22 bucks when I get back. <laughs> yeah, you know something? Oh, it's a good oh, thing you kept yeah. that in mind because because you think he would like volunteered it? I'll bet you those 22 bucks that you won't get that from him. No, let me tell you right now, there's no chance that I won't get that cash. Okay, <laughs> no chance. But anyway, up here, if you win the lottery, you get the whole amount. No taxes, no nothing. None of, none of this annuity crap like the scam they pulled down there in Florida. As it should be. So if you won like five million here, now granted that's only like a little over three million U.S. I'll take it. I'll take the three million cash, right? Yeah. Wouldn't see me no more. I guarantee you that. Bye bye. Hey, have a great life. Oh, you'd never leave us, Neil. Yeah, right. Oh, what would you do if you didn't have the show to vent your screen? Yeah, I'll draw you a picture. Okay, I'll draw you a diaphragm. No thanks. God, what a joke. Yeah, you only got a little over four years left. Oh, oh. I look at that thing. Oh, look at that. Now my cell phone is ringing. And you know who that probably is? That's probably Rimmer. <laughs> How am I? Hang on a second. All right. No. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If it's free, it's me. What is that? I think you got the wrong number, sir. Who are you call? Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> I always get these wrong numbers on here. Everybody what? does. Huh? Everybody does. Oh, cell phones, you get a million wrong numbers. That's why I got this 954 so I can get a lot of wrong numbers. If I had a Canadian number up here on the cell phone, which I do on my regular phone, I wouldn't be getting all these goddamn you phony. You get yeah, but I thought maybe it was numbers. Rimmer. I know. I so thought maybe I. it was Rimmer bitching you out for, like, reminding me about that 22 bucks. <laughs> that well, he'll, he'll, pro he'll probably give it to me in Canadian currency, which is about, eight bucks. you know, something like that. Nevertheless, whatever you get, kiss the ground. C consider it a blessing. Justice Department says FBI has not assessed terror threat. The FBI has failed to develop a comprehensive assessment of the risk of a terrorist threat facing the U.S. despite a promise to do so, according to a U.S. Justice Department review of the FBI counterterrorism program released yesterday. The Office of the Inspector General criticized the FBI for not yet incorporating the likely risk of terrorism into its strategic plan. Because the FBI has not completed a systematic written assessment of the most likely terrorism scenarios, it may not have fully identified the specific nature of the threat, so it could focus its attention and resources to prepare adequately and respond effectively given the assessed risk, the report said. The conclusions of Inspector General Glenn Fine are contained in an unclassified 13-page executive summary made available at the Justice Department. The 431-page audit report classified secret was provided only to top officials at the Justice Department and Congress. The Inspector General initiated the review of the FBI's management of its counterterrorism resources after Attorney General John Ascroft and FBI Director Robert Mueller announced earlier this year the prevention of future attacks is now the paramount mission of the Justice Department and the FBI. How do you like that? But the FBI, as usual, very sad. 
294 votes on our poll. If the election for governor were being held right now today, who would you vote for? Bill McBride, 155. Jeb Bush, 92. Uh, Mo Howard, David, 34. And I won't vote 13. 13 people say they still wouldn't vote, no matter what you do. Of course, they're probably all about like 10 years old. Now, 10-year-olds are in school, right? Right. Plus, they dashing be listening to this show because we say things like asshole on this show. And 10-year-olds certainly ought not be here like assholes, okay? Foreman, did you see a dateline last night by any chance on NBC? No, I did not. About the uh, teenagers in that party and the two beautiful girls, the uh, teenage girls that both wound up dying in one stab and the other one, and then she uh, took an overdose. No. Committed suicide. That was... Uh, Tragic. Sad. What, what a waste. What, what kind of uh, caca is going on? You know what I'm saying? Too much caca. Anyway, let's talk about something good, not caca. Castaway Seafood Company, they know seafood, man. They can smell it. They pride themselves on serving you the freshest seafood under the sun. Fresh fish that's never frozen, prepared just the way you like it. Grilled, blackened, or broiled. Signature castaway dishes include sesame-seared tuna, cracked conch, and unbelievable homemade chowders. Castaways also features grilled certified Angus beef. Burgers, filet mignon, or huge, juicy, delicious, mouth-watering New York Strip. Castaways offers great daily lunch and early bird specials, and every Wednesday night, like tonight, is karaoke and ladies' night with free drinks for the ladies. Join the Castaways tailgate party at the Hogfish Bar for a weekend. I wonder if Rosie will be at the Hogfish Bar. For weekend and Monday night football specials, why do you watch your favorite games? The Castaway Seafood Company's got full bar open seven days a week and is located on the southwest corner of University Drive and Griffin Road in Davie, and there was never a Hojo's there, by the way. If you're looking to cater your next home or office party, Castaways can do it as well. Castaway Seafood Company, where they love George like crazy. I think they got like a George blow-up down there. I love them. You, uh, Castaway Seafood with, sea, uh, what is it? Seafood so fresh, it'll slap you on your ugly puss. Live, live and local. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Toby, I fucked him up. <laughs> up the butt. You've heard the secrets behind Saddam Hussein's mistress. But that's just half the story. Find out who Saddam Hussein really is when ABC confronts Saddam Hussein's baby's mama. Saddam, his sorry ass ain't never taken. And where is my check? Uh-uh, he always like ain't never on time. His Saddam Hussein, the most methodical Arab leader in the 20th century. Find out the deep secrets of Saddam Hussein. I told this dude to come pick me up and he came and picked me up on this busted ass camel. A camel? Who I look like? And that camel was spitting on my dashiki. I was like, uh-uh. Find out how he really is in bed. I don't know how he had 15 wives. 15 wives? He couldn't even hang 15 seconds with me, okay? Uh, then why did you stay with him? Why did I stay with him? He got dollars, okay? He got Benzes, Beamers, Bentleys, all the beans, okay? He got paper. Don't miss Saddam's baby's mama. And am I getting paid for this? Tonight on ABC. It's 1101 at 560. Chase ends in Orange County, California. Did you see the thing where they had the uh, yellow schmata over the body that's lying there? Yeah, we don't know who that is. What do you mean by that? Well, it's they haven't some... told us yet. It's somebody who's dead, obviously. Right. And like I was saying, if they could have, if it would have been three dark-complected guys, we'd have had like maybe three new NFL football coaches. If we could have just rounded them up. Listen, this is the picture we have here of the victim. No, no question or no word, rather, on the identity or the. No, it's just a yellow schmott that covered up a dead body. Is what it is. And they keep focusing. Oh, the there it is. And you'll, you won't see that more than six hundred times. Well, now oh. they got a stretcher. Now who the hell are they taking away on the stretcher? I don't think they put dead people on the stretcher, do they? Yeah. No, they don't. No, they're going to put somebody. them on something. No, they're working on somebody on the ground. Oh, no, don't tell me they shot somebody. Not the LAPD. Oh, no, please pray that it's somebody white. 
And I see you're laughing. I'm telling you, man. You know what happens out there? Yeah, riots. Yeah, but it's I out mean, there. I mean, if they look at uh, a dark complexion, and Johnny Cockring will be out there, and Jesse, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm from Jackson, and uh, yeah, his just Ill- think illegitimate of all the good watching hours and his hours. His illegitimate of good kids will be out there, and yeah. uh, all these people. <laughs> Boy, you'll have another uh, jungle jam if you don't watch it. Oh, speaking of that, this is a great story you just faxed me from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. <laughs> you see where this old bag was from? No. Oh, you'll love it. Elderly woman slams car into Portsmouth liquor store. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. An elderly woman and employees of a state liquor store escaped serious injury yesterday when the woman mistakenly hit her car's accelerator and crashed through the glass front of the building. Irma Stormer, 84, of Port St. Lucie, Florida, <laughs> oh! was meeting friends at the Portsmouth Traffic Circle liquor store when the accident happened around 1 p.m. Stormer was in the area visiting her daughter who lives in Portland, Maine. According to state police, Stormer was attempting to park the car when she erroneously stepped on the accelerator instead of the brake. I don't even know why this is news. This happens like every couple of hours in South Florida. Right. Of course, she is from Port St. Lucie. The car jumped the sidewalk, sped across the parking lot, and smashed through the store's concrete and glass lobby, pinning the vehicle between the metal door frames. Emergency workers had to use a saw to cut the driver's side door off to free the woman. Stormer was not injured and left for lunch. <laughs> Left right. for lunches planned with her friends. Maybe she was leaving for the early bird. Nice going, honey. No wonder she was in a hurry. And yeah, that, that's a good idea. All you old farts who shouldn't be driving, go take your take your damn if crap someplace don't else. Get the take it out of town. Order in before five o'clock. They charge you full price. Now, how did I uh, leave this story out? I had this a long time ago in my hand, and then you interrupted me with some psychotic crap about Eric and how emotional he is, and that's why he overeats. Isn't that what you said? You blame me for it. <laughs> it's all your fault. I'm not. I'm not that hungry today. I think for lunch I'm only going to go to, uh, to like Jay Muggs where they give you too much food. You know what they have that's great? What? Oh, that's right. You don't like it. I keep. I keep telling you this. Broccoli. You don't want any part of it. cheddar broccoli soup. <laughs> See, if if you didn't know the broccoli was in there, because it's not like big pieces of broccoli. It's like know. if you didn't know it was in there, you wouldn't even taste it. And it's I good for know. you. See, that would be a good way for you Spot to get your broccoli across the room. Unlike the problem-plagued September 10th primary, Tuesday's municipal contest in Palmetto Bay in North Miami yesterday were blissfully uneventful. All right. Let's hear it, baby. We're doing it. By the 7 p.m. poll closing last night, few voter complaints had been reported in the relatively simple elections that involved only 15 of the county's 754 precincts in Dade, less than 2% of the total. Results from both elections were available by 8.30 last night. Ain't that good? That's great. All of the precincts opened on time. All of the machines worked, said Gisela Salas, the county assistant election supervisor. So far, so good, she'd be saying. Salas said she received only a few complaints that demonstration that voting machines were not working. Election workers had to replace flashcards used to install the electronic ballot displays on five of those machines. The winning candidate in the North Miami Council 4 district election said he was satisfied with the process. We have realized that the election department dedicated themselves to making sure the errors that took place on September 10 did not occur today. Councilman-elect Gene Mon- uh, Monastime, Steam said. Oh, now that sounds like some kind of a Haitian dude. Okay. Isn't it? Don't know. The it is. Jean, the Jean, Jean. Jean Monastime. The system is not error-proof. Never lust we trust the system. And then at the end of his comments, I think the proof is in the pudding because he said he said that. County elections officials hope the smooth voting for North Miami Council race in the Palmetto Bay mayoral and council contest was a preview of the November 5th vote, though they were only a small-scale model of that much larger election. The county tested some of the changes instituted since the 9-10 fiasco by stationing three county employees and a representative of the voting machine manufacturer at every polling location to help the volunteer poll workers. We're calling it the Triangle, Salas said. It's our new and improved precinct setup. At precincts such as Premier Iglesia Baptist Horeb in North Miami. See what I'm saying? It's a Haitian, Haitian thing, yes. man. Poll workers outnumbered voters much of the day. 
We had more observers, commissioners, and aides than we had voters, said Gwen McDuffie, the precinct clerk. I don't want to say they're being overzealous. I guess they just want to make sure that everything goes right after what happened last time. We don't need no more embarrassment, is what they're trying to say. Well, agreement ends Falwell lawsuit challenging Virginia church property limits. The Reverend Jerry Falwell's church and state of Virginia agreed to end Falwell's federal lawsuit over an 18th century law limiting how much land a church can own. Lawyers on both sides in Falwell's suit agreed yesterday that the law does not apply to the Thomas Road Baptist Church, which plans to expand. Oy. The church was incorporated in April after U.S. District Judge Norman K. Moon, no relation to Wally Moon, struck down another state law that barred churches from becoming corporations which are not subject to land limits. Remember Wally Moon? No. Bill Verdon? No. Tommy Burgess, Joe Cunningham? Moon agreed with the lawyer's decision yesterday. He said he'll rule that the property restrictions do not apply to Falwell's church. The decision made a trial on Falwell's constitutional challenge of the rule unnecessary. Well, that's good because that'll give more time for important things like uh, the Teletubbies and Tinky Winky and Winky Dinky. I guarantee you when he heard about Winky Dink, he just about flipped his piece. You know what? In fact, if Jack Berry were still alive, which he's not, I guarantee you he'd be he'd be hauling his ass into court to sue him over some kind of fag allegations about Winky Dink. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that what the priest usually does when the altar boy lifts up his skirt? A little winky dink, huh? He winks at it. Wink and a nudge and a, you know that? And a nod. Right. American media keep the liberals invisible, says uh, Antonio Zerbisius. You know, some of the copies of this stuff that you fact oh, good, 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 good articles, but the fact that I can read this is like a major I miracle. They're bad on this end, so I can only imagine. Man. Not that I'm patting myself on the eyelid or anything like that, but good God. There's little media time for critics of U.S. culture, writes Antonio Zerbisi's yesterday in the Toronto Star. Oh, I read this. Well, I guess I probably if I would have clipped it out of the Star, I could read it better than that. But anyway, Sunday night, way up in the nosebleed section of the digital dial on MSNBC, it's channel 133 here on Rogers Digital Cable. I was thrilled to land on a rerun of the news conference that Michael Moore of Roger and Me and Stupid White Men gave at the Toronto International Film Festival to promote his newest documentary, Bowling for Columbine, which borrows its title from the horrible high school massacre in Colorado in 1999. No MSNBC wasn't actually running the news conference. Roger's Cable, which had taped it during the fest for its uh, uh, telecast on its community channel 10, was merely subbing regular MSNBC programming with the newser in order to fulfill its CanCom commitments for carrying the channel in Canada, but that's another column. They have to carry so much Canadian content, so all weekend long they have these press conferences on MSNBC instead of the regular programming, and it sucks. Moore, who seems to be far more at home here than in his native USA, was defending his polemical film about guns in the American psyche, a film that won a special jury prize at Cannes, uh, also earned a sustained 13-minute ovation from the audience. Moore complained that American critics had not given Bowling for Columbine the attention it deserves, that nobody had reported that the country's largest theater chain, which is based in Colorado, has refused to exhibit the film when it opens later this month. Big surprise. Moore's anti-corporate left liberal films, TV shows, and books uh, tend not to play well with the corporate conservative media. For example, his stupid white men, which was almost shredded by the publisher last fall for being uh, patriotically incorrect, has been on all the bestseller lists for nearly a year, but has yet to be reviewed by the New York Times and other major papers. His last TV series, The Awful Truth, was made in Canada by the Halifax-based Salter Street Films, which also co-financed Columbine. I can count on one hand the number of times that I've seen him on screen on U.S. TV since Stupid White Men became a hit. And yet Ann Coulter, his polar opposite, both physically and politically, is seen all over the dial, screeching the same half-truths he wrote in her best-selling uh, screed, slander liberalized about the American right. 
Is it just because she has better legs than more that she gets all this exposure, including a substitute hosting gear on CNN's Crossfire? Or is it because, contrary to her contention, and that many of many readers have uh, emailed complaints about my left-wing ravings and the star's commie slant, the liberal media ain't so liberal? Sure, there are islands in the market uh, might-is-right media ocean. On the magazine racks, you'll find Harper's and The Nation, to name two of the few. The Internet is blessedly filled with alternative aisles. In Canada, we can count on CBC and TVO not to always run everything through the this-is-good-for-the-market filter. But in the U.S., aside from NPR, there's not much, not even PBS. That's right, not even PBS. Consider how last month even the much-respected Jim Lehrer gave Defense Secretary Rumsfeld a free pass, never challenging him when he repeatedly fudged the facts. For example, Rumsfeld reiterated the <laughs> Bushmit propaganda. That's beautiful. Oh, I see, Bushes. I thought it said Bushmit. The Bushes propaganda about how Saddam Hussein threw the U.N. weapons inspectors out when, in fact, they were pulled out. Last spring, PBS ran a superb six-hour documentary titled Commanding Heights, the Battle for the World Economy, based on the book by David Jurgen and Joseph Stanislaw. It's an unabashed appreciation of the free market, a tribute to Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, Milton Freeman, and their inspiration, Nobel Prize-winning economist Friedrich von Hayek. So one-sided is it that the Wall Street Journal headlined its review of it, PBS likes capitalism more than commercial networks do, calling it a peon to private enterprise. This series was not only originally co-funded by Enron, it ran just as the markets were imploding and CEOs were getting busted for being too free of regulation. Meanwhile, I can get dozens of provocative and prize-winning films PBS will not run, including Danny Schechter's Counting on Democracy, about the scandalous 2000 vote in Florida. Schechter, an Emmy-winning TV journalist, author, and weblogger, says PBS rejected it because it's biased. Instead, it'll run Who Counts, a special, a political special starting Saturday Night Live, or starring Saturday Night Live alumnus Daryl Hammond doing his Al Gore impersonation. One PBS show that does not get behind the news is now with Bill Moyer. To watch it, I tape it Sundays at dawn off KCTS in Seattle. That's because, like many other PBS stations, WNED in Buffalo doesn't air it. So much for liberal media, which is why I root for Michael Moore, even when he goes over the top and or edge. Maybe his next film should take on CNN. Apologize for the crappy reading, but like I said, the print is like so uh, mushy, man. It's like mushed potatoes, like mashed potato yeast is what it looks like here. 320 votes on our governor, our gubernatorial election poll. With the, the election's only uh, a little over a month away. Today's October 2th, November 5. My birthday will be the big elections, man, the midterms and the gubernatorial election in Florida. Who would you vote for if the election were today? Bill McBride, 171. Jeb Bush, 97. Mo Howard, David, 35. I won't vote 17. 17 relentless bastards out there who just won't get off their dead ass. 12 minutes after 11 at 560 WQM. Pompano Park is back in action with live racing every Friday and Saturday night. There's a new first race post time at 7.15 p.m. And for the first time in the 40-year history of the track, there will be free clubhouse and grandstand admission all season long. As always, of course, there's free general parking. There are two new wages this season at Pompano Park. Come play the Super Super with a $10,000 bonus payout or try one of the two pick-four wagers. This Friday night, October 4th, is Seascape night, and there will be free prize drawings to win, to win one of five trips for two on the Seascape Casino Dinner Cruise. Got that? Yes. On the Seascape Casino Dinner Cruise. Also on the program Friday is the $48,000 finals of the Florida Sunshine Stakes for Trotters, and then Saturday it's the big $48,000 Sunshine Stake finals for Pacers. For the next two weeks, Pompano Park will be open for live racing every Friday and Saturday. And, of course, don't forget the track is still open every day of your life, seven days and nights a week for simulcasting starting at noon. But please don't forget the new post time during live racing, 7.15 at Pompano Park on Powerline Road, a block south Atlantic Boulevard. Don't forget new post time. Keep saying it over and over again, Steve. 7.15 p.m. at prestigious Pompano Park. Plunge your guts out. My, my and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM.
Spike Neal's poll. I just can't stop pooping. My butt is really sore. I don't know what I've eaten. Oh God, here comes some more. My bathroom's all because of my doo-doo. I wouldn't go in there if I was you. I'll spray in there because it smells to you. A stinky bowel movement just for you. And maybe Fat Boy was just in there. You never know. Let's hope not. 1117 at 560 WQM. How's he doing, Pally? How's old Fat Boy doing? He's uh, wheeling around. Now, is he ever going to get out of that chair? Or is I this just... uh No. Or is well, he going to, like, are they going to wheel him in that chair to the pine box, to the piano case? I know he's got the cast off, and he's just wearing a boot now. Did you call him a cast off? <laughs> it cast away. Charges dropped in cannibalism case. I think this is a great segue. Great Falls, Montana. Now, you've been there, haven't you? Sure. An inmate and former mental patient accused of butchering a 10-year-old boy and feeding him to the neighbors likely won't face murder and kidnapping charges because the alleged victim's mother believes her son is alive. Zachary Zachary Ramsey's mother, Rachel Howard, said yesterday she was prepared to testify she did not believe Nathaniel Barjona had killed her son in 1996, prompting prosecutors to drop their case. I did not want Barjona to be convicted of a crime. I don't believe he did, Howard said. In the interview in her attorney's office, Howard said her belief is based on several things, including a videotape she says shows her son at age 12. She said police did not believe the boy in the video was her son. Barjona, 45, already serving a 130-year prison sentence in Montana for kidnapping and sexual assault in a separate case, was accused of abducting Zachary while he walked to school. The boy's body was never found, and authorities have said evidence suggests that Barjona killed the boy and disposed of his body in meals served to unsuspecting neighbors. Searches of Barjona's house nearly three years ago turned up lists of children's names, including Zachary, and encrypted letters in which Barjona wrote about such dishes as Little Boy Stew, Little Boy Pot Pies, and lunches served on the patio with Roasted Child. Prosecutor Brandt Light said he would ask that the charges be thrown out ahead of a trial scheduled to begin next week. A judge has to approve the request. In light of Rachel Howard's testimony, I don't think there's any way we could win this case, Light said. Defense attorney Don Vernay said he was pleased with the prosecutor's decision, but added that it was confident Barjona would have been acquitted at trial. Well, what difference does it make if he's serving a 130-year prison sentence? Uh, I, I don't know. Barjona was convicted earlier this year of sexually assaulting a 14-year-old Great Falls boy and hanging the boy's 8-year-old cousin from a kitchen ceiling. Those assaults occurred in 1998-9. Barjona's appealed that verdict. Barjona spent 11 years in a Massachusetts mental hospital after one attack in which authorities said he tried to kill two boys. Before that, he forced an 8-year-old boy into his car and choked him with his belt. Shortly after his release, he assaulted another boy. Yeah, let's keep leaving these people out, okay, and let him do it again and again. That they had about him that I saw that just made you want to puke because of the whole way that he got out and just the slipshod system. They had him in prison or in a mental um, in a mental uh, nut house several times, and they let yeah. him out every single time. Sounds like Ted Bundy to me. Oh, but he didn't escape. They let him out. I understand, but it's the same difference. Like the one time Bundy just walked out the window, we kind of like hopped out. When in doubt, let's hop out. They were in the other room having a little discussion. They just left him alone in there in the interrogation room. And he just kind of like hopped out the window and wandered off into Never Never Land. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He waved. Anyway, four men claimed they were molested as teens. White Plains, New York. Four men are alleging that they were sexually molested three decades ago when they were teenagers preparing for the priesthood by members of the Salesian Roman Catholic Order. Salacious? Salacious uh, Catholic Order. 
In a lawsuit filed in state court in White Plains, the men claim Salesian officials, salicious officials, including one who is now an auxiliary bishop, knew the abuse was taking place, which seems to be par for the course, eh? The law firm representing the order said the case should be dismissed because the statute of limitations has run out. The Salesian's comment is that although they appreciate the plaintiffs feel that they're in pain, the Salesians feel these allegations took place so many years ago, said Seth Talby of McCarter in English. But the plaintiff's lawyer, Marsha Goffin, said, we want to ensure that the defendants over whom they still have authority no longer deal with kids. We want these solutions to recognize what happened to our clients. The suit seeks an unspecified amount of damages. The abuse allegedly occurred at the Salesians Junior Seminary in Goshen, New York. You know Goshen? I know, in Egypt. In Egypt. Goshen, formerly the home of the, uh, what big, uh, Hamiltonian used to be in Goshen, right? The big harness race? You know about that. No. The four men said they were repeatedly sexually molested while living in the seminary between 1959 and 73. 69 and 73. One plaintiff, Joseph Lemmy of Monmouth County, New Jersey, said the Reverend Emilio Alui, then the seminary director, dismissed Lemmy from the seminary when he heard the abuse, saying Lemmy was not priest material. Alui is now an auxiliary bishop in Boston. He's not a defendant in the case which names the Roman Catholic Order and two top officials of its New Rochelle-based eastern province. Another one of these goddamn priest stories that are popping up like all over the place, but nobody cares anymore. It's not, uh, you know, not uh, romantic and exciting and uh, hootsie-tootsie and hotsie-totsie anymore. What's that got to do with Iraq? That's right. Well, here's something that does. See, we don't waste any time. This is from TomPayne.com. The Defense Budget and Wartime Profiteering by Stephen Rosenfeld, who's a commentary editor for TomPayne.com. He says, since the founding of the Republic, many of the richest Americans have made their fortunes from war. In his book, Wealth and Democracy, Kevin Phillips documents such early capitalist highlights as John Hancock supplying the troops in his era, the northern industrialists who prospered during the Civil War, and in the 20th century, the many companies and industries that secured government contracts during wartime. The progression includes modern counterparts like Halliburton, the firm headed by Dick Cheney before he became vice president, which is now supplying U.S. military bases near Afghanistan. Congress is now poised to pass the biggest increase in defense spending since Ronald Reagan's administration. The House and Senate versions of the defense budget, which have yet to be reconciled and adopted, authorize roughly $400 billion in spending for the federal 2003 fiscal year, according to the CBO. The bill also commits taxpayers to additional outlays of $400 billion between 2002 and 2007. The defense budget increases itself larger than any country's entire defense budget, with the sole exception of Russia, as reported in the Washington Post and elsewhere. The U.S. defense budget is larger than the total defense budgets of the next 25 nations combined, but it's not all U.S. military spending. The defense budget doesn't include the entire Pentagon budget for Star Wars, which will militarize space with new nuclear weapons. It doesn't include unforeseen spending for the war on terrorism. It doesn't include the cost of a new war with Iraq. And it doesn't include yet another plum for American weapons makers, what NATO allies may spend updating their militaries. All of this has made defense stocks a bright spot in an otherwise gloomy market. Yet the New York Times reported September 22th that military spending has been rising, but so far at least there's been no boom for the stocks of the Pentagon's big contractors, but that's not exactly the case. The Times piece cited Standard & Poor's Aerospace and Defense Stock Index, which said 2001 wasn't as good a year as 2000 for these companies. Part of that statistic is due to mergers and acquisitions in the industry this year, but don't be fooled. Leading business publications report defense contractors will be doing well for years to come, and they identify companies that have done quite well since 9-11. Take Raytheon, for example, which had $6.3 billion in Pentagon contracts in 2000. Its stock, according to Barron's Online, is up 13% from a year ago. Shares of Lockheed Martin, the world's largest military contractor, with $15 billion in Pentagon contracts in 2000, are within 10% of its all-time high, according to Barron's. The journal also predicted that missile defense spending should be good for Boeing and TRW, which had $12 billion and $2 billion in Pentagon contracts in 2000, respectively. 
Indeed, market analysts have buy recommendations for stocks for most of the leading U.S. weapons makers. The sabers are rattling a bit more loudly in Washington, and Wall Street is noticing, wrote David Kansas, the Wall Street Journal Online deputy managing editor on September 3rd, perhaps stating the obvious. He goes on to quote a New York investor who says his firm is buying a basket of defense stocks, and it's not just because of pending action in Iraq. There's also the economy, and the easiest way for government to increase spending to boost the economy is by spending more on defense. But what's good for Wall Street and the defense industry is not always good for the nation. Even in a new political era defined by terrorist threats, there's a big difference between spending on legitimate national security needs and opening up a new global arms bazaar led by the United States and its corporate weapons makers. When Congress takes up the 2003 defense budget and other military spending bills in coming weeks, it will not just be committing tax dollars for years to come. Congress will be helping a handful of companies and their top shareholders secure their fortunes. While that's perfectly consistent with American history, much of it comes at a taxpayer expense while making the world a less safe place for the rest of us. Right, Steve Rosenfeld on TomPain.com. Hey, listen, Zion America, baby. 26 past 11 at 560 WQAM. With your busy lifestyle, you need all the energy you can to get to feel healthy. Oleomed is one of the products that will help you keep you in good health and feeling your best. Oleomed contains that super-duper olive oil I've been telling you about, combined with good stuff, vitamins, minerals, and herbals, to promote health for your heart, for your blood pressure, your cholesterol, and your prostate, all in an easy-to-take soft-gel capsule you just pop in your old mouth. Oleomed's got supplements to promote health in all different parts of your body, in your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin and your bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the finest, the purest, the nicest olive oil that money can buy. And Oleomed has products for men and ladies, too. Oleomed is a stupendous, exciting product that's helped thousands of men and women all over town help them stay fit. And you can pick it up at Whole Food Markets, Walgreens, Sedano's, and Navarro Pharmacy. If you'd like to get more information about Oleomed, call their toll-free number, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. And you can also order this great new product online at oleomedamerica.com. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560. Go f- now, Iraqi President Saddam Hussein's mistress, Parasula Lamsos. First off, let me say that I mentioned Saddam Hussein on the line. He was in the MDBL chat room. That's married dictator, but looking. He sent me the IM that says ASL. Uh, that's age, sex, location. I come to find out later. We had much to have in the common. We both like the moonlit walks, the white pizza with the broccoli. And musical group, The Wiggles. Next thing I know, I'm in the Baghdad West Western, laying on a pile of pillows. I thought I was in for a night of the filthy love, but he could not salute. I tried everything, but it was still a no-go for lunch. The happiest day of his life, second only to when he got his QVC leaning tower of pizza, salt, and pepper shakers in the mail, was one day invented the Viagra. Things have never been the same. We do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel. All of a sudden, it was like sleeping with the Dirk Diggler from the Boogie Nights movie. He made me dress like Barbara Bush with a white wig and all. And, well, you can imagine the rest of the story, like the Paul Harvey says. Let's just say there was butter involved. And when I walk, you can hear the ocean. Wrecked them. 1131 at 560. You know the guy in Milwaukee that got beaten up by all them little kids? Yes. Guess what? He's dead. Right. Dead. This is the case, again, as we see all the time, of uh, dark folks getting murdered by other dark folks, only in this case by dark little kids in a very nasty neighborhood in Milwaukee. Like a feral pack of urchins. I beg your pardon? Oh, I didn't say anything. Italian court sentences mafia heads. Palermo, Sicily. I guess we could probably use a little music for this. 
I got to get to Sicily sometime before I croak. That's one of my great desires. Sicilia. I want to go to Corleone, you know? I can In my doddering old age, in about three, four years. Can't have an orange. Can't you see me walking with a cane, you know, through uh, Palermo? And, and a fedora. With all them sheep. <laughs> Gonna take a bodyguard. Fabrizio. With a shotgun. Prepare la macchina, Fabrizio. A donde va? A Palermo court convicted 28 mafiosi yesterday in a spate of 1980s killings and sentenced all but two of them to life in prison. Several of those convicted are already serving life terms for other convictions, among them Salvatore Toto Riena, the boss of bosses, who was nabbed in 1993 after two decades on the run. He had the runs. Fugitive Bernardo Provenzano was tried in absentia, considered Riena's successor as head of the Cosa Nostra. He's eluded capture for nearly 40 years. They and the others were convicted of involvement in about 20 murders during the 80s when the mafia clans battled one another for control of the Cosa Nostra, the ANSA news agency be seen. Six people were acquitted, two people who testified for the prosecution received lesser sentences, news reports said. Prosecutor Marcello Musso said he was pleased with the outcome, even though he had sought life terms for 32 of the 34 suspects. It was a victory of justice following a hearing involving sacrifices and difficulties, the AGI and news agency quoted Musso as saying, and of course, for justice, you know where we go. Siracusa. The sentences were handed down as prosecutors prepared to put their latest informer on the stand. Antonio Girufre, described as a top aide to Provenzano, was arrested in April and reportedly began cooperating with prosecutors in June, supplying a wealth of information that's already put several dons behind the bars. The Anson News Agency said yesterday that Girufre would make his first appearance before Palermo judges next Tuesday. His lawyer, Lucia Falzoni, told the court Girufre wanted to testify in a double murder trial in which he's been implicated, Anson said. Giuffre was convicted of involvement in the 1992 bombings in Sicily that killed anti-mafia prosecutors Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellini. He was convicted, uh, sentenced to life in prison for Falcone's killing and 20 years for the blast that killed Borsellino. Sicilian prosecutors are hoping his information may finally lead to Provenzano's capture. After all of this time, all these years. Good timing. Oh! Man, I get—I just get uh, blown away by that, you know. I feel spent. And it's on entire... again on VH1 of all places. Is it really? They just got done showing the uh, the entire thing, or at least one and two. On VH1? Yeah. Don't ask me how. What is? Uh... Don't ask me the tie-in. I don't know. We're, nobody figures it out. Well, hey, it's better than that uh, old crap that they're always showing, you know. Yeah. The only thing I like on VH1 is that inside the behind. Inside the behind the uh, whatever. Although VH1 Classics is pretty uh, hit and miss. When it hits, it hits good. Actually, I have VH1 Classics in Amsterdam on my uh, dish. How do you like that? Aren't you impressed? Uh, well, you got a lot of good things over there. Yes, I do. And this the next time when I go back there, I won't be sick all summer long because I won't be doing any shows from over there anymore. You're not going to do any shows? No, I'm not. And, boy, it sure didn't take long. Once Clarence called me the other day, <laughs> didn't take long for them to get on the phone with that engineer over there. Okay, take down this and take down that and send it back. And then Clarence is all worried about, well, we'll work out a price on that stuff because I'm keeping the computer and the uh, fax machine over there. I mean, what's the point of sending that back and going out and buying my own, you know? Right. So they're going to work out a price. Believe you me, I'm going to want to see invoices. I'm going to check it by, like, my CPA and the uh, CPU and the uh, ICU, uh, et cetera. Know what a bunch of grave robbers we're dealing with. Catholic group banned from church, speaking of grave robbers, North Andover Mass. 
a bishop and a Roman Catholic lay group formed in response to the church sex abuse scandal from meeting at a church here. How do you like that? The activities and promotion of the VOTF, Voice of the Faithful, must be curtailed in order to avoid further scandal and polarity among our parishioners. Boston Archdiocese Auxiliary Bishop Emilio S. Alou wrote in a letter. Didn't we, weren't we just talking about him? Yes. Wrote in a letter to the Reverend Paul T. Keyes, pastor of St. Michael's Parish in North Andover. Keyes had supported the group, and his sister-in-law is one of its leaders, but he told the group it could not meet on church property this weekend, setting his vow of obedience to his bishop. Voice of the faithful leaders say they'll contest the ban, which they said is illegal under church and U.S. law. We love our church, and all we ever saw from the beginning was open and honest dialogue. Well, forget about that. <laughs> open and honest dialogue in a Catholic church? You people must be crazy. Voice of the faithful has been labeled by some as a dissent group, but insists it accepts the teaching authority of the Catholic church and does not seek to eliminate celibacy among priests or allow ordination of women. But Alou wrote that Archdiocese is seeking clarification of all hidden and open issues involved and promoted by VOTF, and until that process is complete, meetings are inappropriate. Go hold your meet someplace else. We'll hold the altar boys meet, you go hold your meet someplace else, okay? How dare they dissent? Yeah. You got some freaking nerve, mister. Don't be questioning the Holy Father. Because he's the ultimate, okay, when it comes to uh, matters of doddering uh, right. senilities, things like that. The vicar of Christ on earth. Bush policy shirt AIDS prevention groups say, this is from yesterday's Washington Post, proponents of comprehensive sex education accused the Bush administration yesterday of waging a widespread campaign of disinformation and intimidation that is hampering AIDS prevention work across the country. Another good one here for the Bushmeister. The activists said several government audits, aggressive promotion of abstinence-only programs, and a retreat from earlier prevention efforts may put young people and minorities at increased risk of unwanted pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases. Whenever AIDS educators are repressed and harassed and kept from doing their jobs, the epidemic is the big winner, said Joanne Seedy, director of HIV-AIDS programs at Human Rights Watch. Whenever moral judgmentalism and squeamishness are judged by politicians to be more important than preventing a life-threatening catastrophe, the epidemic is the winner. The accusations are part of an intensifying debate that's occurring as Congress considers the president's request to increase abstinence-only funding to 135 million bucks. Administration officials, while arguing that abstinence is the only guaranteed protection, deny that there's any effort to single out liberal organizations that promote safe sex through contraceptive use. We believe young people across the board should abstain until marriage, said Claude Allen, Deputy Secretary of Health and Human Services. If that fails, fidelity is the next safest protection against contracting disease followed by condom use. In several instances, federal health officials said they're conducting investigations at the behest of lawmakers. The lawmakers have complained about federally funded groups that distribute explicit sexual materials, played on the importance of faith, and heckled HHS Secretary Tommy Cheesehead Thompson at an international AIDS conference in Barcelona. We are obligated under law to follow through, Allen said. Thompson has, however, expanded a review of the San Francisco-based Stop AIDS Project to all department-funded HIV-AIDS activities. He's also authorized a new audit of HIV-related projects at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention just months after a $1 million review was completed. He drank water out of a creek. <laughs> it's an isolated incident. <laughs> he don't have anthrax. <laughs> right. Tommy Cheesehead Thompson, man. And the public out there, yeah. They're just, they can't, they can't wave that flag fast enough and hard enough and high enough. Wave it long and proud, baby. And the flag too. God. It is just stupefying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The stoop part, underline that part. Stupefying. Good song. 382 votes on the poll. If we were having an election for governor in Florida right now, this minute, who'd you be voting for? Bill McBride, 207. 207 votes. Jeb Bush, 109. Mo Howard David, 44, as a write-in, I guess. I won't vote 22. I think we'll put Mo on the poll every day, you know what? Sure. Just as kind of an outlet for them Mo lickers out there. <laughs> yeah. 
The more they hear them, the more they uh, get obsessed. They're, they're uh, psychotic about it. The more votes, the better. That's right. The more, the better. That's what Eric says. Eric likes a lot of those extra votes. Of course, uh, Eric, you know, he's under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure up there. He has issues. If you say that one more time about he has issues. I say that about everybody. I know it, and I can't stand it. It's another one of those really idiotic expressions, man. I'd rather hear you say eye candy than issues. Eye candy. Oh, that sounded so much better than Eric has issues. I mean, you know, other people could have issues, but Eric has issues? Like like what? Whether they have like brunch and lunch like and dinner all like rolled Playboy, up into one? The latest issue of TV Guy? The, the latest issue of uh, gl Gluten's, uh, Glutton's Anonymous? <laughs> yeah, Eric has joined an organization. You thought that GA was Gamblers Anonymous, which a lot of people on the station should belong to. He belongs to Glutton's Anonymous. Now, that's bad. Just because he weighs 600 pounds. He lost an ounce or two, you said. Right, like 60 pounds. What was he down to now, like 450? <laughs> hey, speaking of that, a lot of people out there fat, including me. With a lot of us fat folks, I can make fun, but believe me, looking at mirror, it's not a pretty thing. So let's talk about Delights of West Boca. You've also heard how great the Atkins diet works. Well, the place to shop for all your Atkins needs is still the leader in the diet industry. We're talking about Delights of West Boca. Can you imagine a little low-carb, no-fat, delicious scoop of ice cream on a hot day like today? I'd personally rather have, like, Nestle's Turtle myself. How about over a thousand low-carbon, no-sugar products just ready for you to taste, like with a little hot fudge melted on it? Because at Delights of West Boca, you can always try it before you buy it. And at Delights, is 25% off all Atkins products all the time, from candy to cookies to snacks to breads and vitamins. Delights of West Boca has got it all with more great stuff arriving every day, like the brand-new controlled carb brownies they just got in, and four delicious flavors like peanut, coconut, classic, and cherry. I bet you when I come back to town in a couple of weeks, I bet you uh, P.D. Lenny will be having a whole bunch of them brownies in there, cases of it. I sure hope you enjoy them. And they taste like your grandma's recipe. Not because they're not going to taste good, but because you know me and my sensitive stomach. Delights of West Boca on the northeast corner of Glades and 441 in Boca. They're open until 10, seven days a week. Call 877-LOW-CARB or check them out on the web at lowcarb.com. Delights of West Boca with a staff full of knowledge to put you on the path to losing those fat, disgusting, grotesque pounds that make you unhealthy and look like a tub. Check out all the great stuff at Delights, your official Atkins Diet Center. Live and local, this, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Don't you go back to Canada, you Jew bastard. Oh, Canada, you think that you're in luck. Oh! So we're all-star game, cause your own sports really suck. You've got dog sled runs, you shoot moose with guns, what a way to entertain. And you fish for ice, you think hockey's nice. Cause it's played without a brain. All right. Ooh, Canada. Oh, nausea. Give me my all-star game. I want it back now. Cause baseball in Canada makes me a blowchild. <laughs> 146 at 560 WQM. You better get uh, with it, okay, all you idiots down there, because we got our priorities straight up here. The big issue in the world today. Oh, wait a minute. Source tells the star McLean and CBC already had that on, or only 25,000 apart. Well, you know something? I could go downtown, like uh, right out on Young Street, and collect that 25 grand for Ron McLean in a couple hours. Of course, I'd probably pocket most of it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, 25 grand Canadian, that's only about 15 grand U.S. It's small potatoes. 
So if they're only 25,000 apart, they could like chop off some of that CBC evening news or some of the crap they put on there, you know, like some of those uh, wild uh, northern uh, west, you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. where they're out there shooting moose like that bit said. Yeah, that's right. Cut a little bit of that crap up. Just uh, take a couple of the Royal Canadian Mounties and stuff them or something, okay? And give that twenty-five grand to Ron McLean. We want Ron McLean and Don Cherry on Hockey Night in Canada. Oh. God damn it! We're gonna send seventy-five million emails to the goddamn CBC and to Labatt's and everybody else and all the ships at sea and Foster Hewitt and everybody else too and Danny Gallivan and Dan Kelly and Bill Hewitt and Jeff Rimmer and Joe Bowen. Keep going, man. Keep going with Joe Bowen. I'm worked up and pissed off about this. I'm serious. You, can't, you The newspapers here are treating this like this is like WW3, man. So you can't relate to it. It's important heavy-duty stuff. No. Well, I, I'll, I'll trade you. Now, let's see. And exactly. That's my point. That's my point. They, they're up here. They're not invading anybody. They're not dropping La Bamba. They're not planning to assassinate anybody. They're just, uh, we're minding our own business, okay? We're taking care of important business. Hockey season starts in a few days. And that's what's important here is goddamn Labatt's Hockey Night in Canada. God damn it. And Coach's Corner with Ron McClain. Not with some like old fuddy daddy like bring back Dave Hodge who's 100 years old or Brian Williams who's as boring as dog poop. We don't want any of those. Or the Scott Oak who looks like a wooden oak tree. We don't want those assholes on there. We want our boy Ron McClain, don't we? You bet. Yes. I'm going to go out there with a goddamn Canadian flag right after the show today and jump up and down and stand up there at Young and Bloor and just carry on like a maniac. Don't you think that's a good idea? Or I could go up to the viaduct there and like commit suicide. Like, a, you know who did that? Like a lot of the victims from the child molesters at Maple Leaf Gardens, those kids. They used the and viaduct. I think they blocked off the viaduct up there because it became a very popular suicide jumping off point. Which I would have thought that maybe going to the top of the CN Tower. Now Joe, Joe Costello and his buddies went to the CN Tower. Maybe there is an access to get to the outside from up there. And I forgot to ask them, how do you get to the... Uh, no, no, there's an elevator that takes you right up to the top of the CN yeah, Tower. Yeah, can you go, is, like, out on the railing? And... Like the space needle. I don't know. I don't, uh, I'm not crazy about heights myself. Feds warn drug makers gifts to doctors may be illegal. Oh, this is, this is great. The Bush administration told doctors yesterday, essentially, buy your own golf balls, get your own balls, concert tickets and vacations because drug makers who offer such incentives run risk running afoul of the law. See, the doctors aren't part of that special group, you know what I'm saying? Oh, they can and you want to you want to know why? Cuz they don't have any oil. Oh. In a draft meant to offer guidance to the industry, the office of the inspector general took aim at some common practices and said they could lead to civil or criminal charges. Let's go after those goddamn corrupt doctors is what I say. Suspect activities include paying doctors to act as consultant or researchers in marketing efforts paying pharmacies or doctors to switch patients from one drug to a competitor, providing scholarships, grants for research, and other gifts with more than normal value to doctors. Just ask your buddy Moses about this. He'll tell you all the scams that are going on. He has. Most of which he's probably got his finger in. Now, he's too busy. He's got his finger other places. The guidance comes after years of concern about some drug industry marketing practices. Critics say such tactics, uh, tactics influence doctors to prescribe certain drugs and lead to a higher cost for consumers. The draft lays out for the first time in one document what the government expects. And by the way, speaking of higher cost for consumers, drugs up here, first of all, a lot of the stuff that's a prescription down there in the U.S., yeah, over the counter here, like my Allegra. Excellent. Claritin, over the counter. And the, and the prescription drugs, most of them a hell of a lot cheaper. Those diabetes testing strips. Yeah. Much cheaper. The draft now up for uh, 60 days of public comment says some nominal cost gifts are okay, but does not give specifics. It says, uh, it says a voluntary code of ethics adopted this summer by the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America should be considered a minimum standard. The code says sales reps can buy doctors meals on occasion, but only in conjunction with medical education and only at the pizza lot. 
golf balls or bags emblazoned with drunk company logos. Not, so if your doctor's got like a, some company's logo on his balls, dump them. Neither are tickets to entertainment events, cash payments, or other incentives given for prescribing products. So if you're getting uh, Panther tickets, your doctor, then uh, dump them. The draft guidance also says drug companies can face charges for reporting average wholesale prices that differ substantially from what is actually charged and touting those prices in marketing. That's because the government uses those prices on a few drugs covered by Medicare. If the drugs are sold for less, doctors can bill for the higher amount and keep the difference. Ready for that? I, I heard you. It's a tactic drug makers use to lure doctors to their products, costing taxpayers a billion dollars a year. The government estimates grave robbers, butchers, murderers. Am I getting excited or what? Pill pushers. Uh-oh, four Canadians have been placed on alert and told to prepare to head for Iraq as part of the U.N. weapons inspection team, a Canadian diplomat says. How do you like that? As part of the inspection team. Not to blow anybody up, not to shoot uh, Sodom or Osama, your mom or anybody else. As part of the inspection team. And I guarantee the Bushies aren't too happy about that. I'm have sure. you noticed how pissed off they were about that? I know. You're ruining oh, we're all going, our plans. We're Hans Blick says, we're going back in there. We got an agreement. Uh, yeah. And uh, not so fast. We want to see those seven palaces, baby. That's where he's got all the good stuff. That's where he's got all the good uh, porno flicks at those palaces. Speaking of scumbags, Vikings star charged with marijuana possession. Minnesota Vikings star receiver Randy Moss was charged yesterday with possession of a small amount of marijuana, adding to charges last week that he pushed a traffic officer with his car. The new petty misdemeanor count carries a fine of up to 200 bucks, but it could also lead to a suspension or fine from the NFL. Police said they found a marijuana cigarette in Moss's car after he was arrested September 24th. Moss was driving in downtown Minneapolis when the traffic officer stepped in front of his car to stop him from making an illegal turn. She was slightly injured when she fell off the car. Moss spent the night in jail, was charged the next day with careless driving and failure to obey a traffic officer, both misdemeanors. The complaint said the marijuana amounted to just under a gram. Moss has said the marijuana did not belong to him, and he allowed other people to use his car recently. <laughs> Moss underwent another test by the NFL after his arrest last week. NFL spokesman Greg Aiello said the league would review the case under the policy of drug-related violation of laws grounds for disciplinary action, Aiello said. If Moss tests positive for banned or illegal substance or is convicted on possession charge, he could be subjected to fines and suspensions by the league. He was allowed to play in last Sunday's 48-23 laws at Seattle. And like they say in China, Gornish Telfin. Didn't help. 403 votes on our governor poll. 222 for Bill McBride, 111 for Jeb the Bushmeister. That sounds like 222 and 111. Not interesting. Mm -hmm. Mo Howard David, 46, 46, and I won't vote 24. Walt Disney Company Chairman and Chief Executive Michael Eisner yesterday said reports of a possible combination of Disney's ABC News Division with AOL Time Warner Inc. CNN News Division are very premature. Thank the Lord. Thank you. Good. Both ABC and CNN have had conversations about more efficient ways to deliver the news, Eisner said, and he wouldn't give the chance of such a deal happening more than 50-50 odds. However, Eisner said that putting together the broadcast and cable news operations would fit in with Disney's way of running its divisions. He pointed out that the management um, in charge of daytime programming was also responsible for its SoapNet cable channel, just as those who run the Toon Disney cable channel also run the ABC Saturday morning programming. Eisner made his comments at the Goldman Sachs Communicopia Conference in New York, the Disney CEO said the company would also consider a sale of its Anaheim Angels baseball team and the Mighty Ducks hockey team and to Brian Murray. Disney's results this year were hurt by a weak economy, dropping visitors at Disneyland and Disney World after last year's terrorist attacks and weak ratings at ABC. The Disney board approved last week an action plan focused on accelerating growth at the company. Eisner says noting the company has reduced its overhead and improved its margin. So it's only 50-50. You know what that means? It means it's a done deal. And you want to know why? Because they lie a lot. It's just like, no. you know, radio management, they lie a lot. Oh, we're not for sale. And then like a week later, oh, we just got bought by a, who is it going to buy us? 
Infinity. No, no, no. Oh, the other one. I got it. I got it here somewhere at the bottom of my pile. I kept it. That outfit that we never heard of before for some oh, strange reason. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh. Oh, there's my poster thing for uh, Tom Welling that Carlos has sent me. I hear Carlos has got a couple of those. A couple of them. I'm hearing. Got a couple of them big uh, Tom Welling posters. Something come? Visicom? No. Michael Jackson to start a new record label. Jacko's back. Are we starting a new record label with the backing of a company that changed its name today from ID Medical Group to Opus Media? A music business website, HitsDailyDouble.com, speculated Jackson might be involved when Opus issued a press release yesterday stating they'd gone into business with a major pop star, but a check by Fox 411 into the financial filings of ID Medical shows that back in May when Jackson was freaking out about money and Tommy Matola, he was busy making the deal with Opus Media's Robert Gordon. And we don't have time for that, okay? Because our noon to one hour is coming up. It's Neil's Bits every Wednesday from noon to one, where we sit back and relax and play a lot of good stuff, give you a few chuckles. Can't and George, George loves it, and Carlos loves it, and I really love it. I sit back here thinking about making plans for lunch. Oh, and also, just to point this out, Red Dragon is the last meal for Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. And that comes out uh, on Friday, right? Yes. Okay. You're just not up on these things. You better get your Red Dragons, man. The Oscar-winning actor first played Hannibal the Cannibal in 91 Silence of the Lambs and revisited the rule in last year's Hannibal. On Friday, like I said, he completes the trilogy with Red Dragon, and that's it. He says at last night's premiere, people are saying this is the best one. He said, and I agree. I love Silence of the Lambs, but this one has something else. No more Hannibal movies. No more, he said. His next film probably will be for Dragon director Brett Ratner playing Superman's father, Jor-El. Remember Superman's father? Yes. Is that the role that Marlon Brando played? Yes. Well, I got news for you, mister. He's good, Anthony Hopkins, but he ain't no Marlon Brando. No. Can you see him playing in The Godfather? Playing what? Dead. Don Corleone? Four minutes till noon at 560 WQAM. Hey, if your carpets took a beating during the summertime because of the rain and the schmutz and all the other crap and the kids being out of school, here's the answer for you now that the fall is here. Pick up the phone and call the experts at Dry Concepts. They'll never let you down. They understand you put a good investment into those carpets, a fortune. So instead of spending even more on brand-new carpeting, get the old ones in good shape looking just like brand-new with Dry Concepts' exclusive patented dry-cleaning method. That sucks out. When in doubt, they suck it out. The deep-down dirt that's in the fibers of your carpets leaves them looking just like brand-new, smelling lemony fresh, and people will be amazed, and so will you. It's just how fantastic your carpeting looks. And they give you a written, guaranteed price before they start the job. Concepts is here. Once you use them the first time, you'll understand why I've had them in my home for over 20 years now. And they also do a stupendous job at a fair price of cleaning your furniture and drapery, spot dyeing, fiber protection, carpet repairs, implant oriental rug service, that's second to none, deodorization, and if a flood strikes you, water damage restoration, second to nobody anywhere. So pick up that phone and call Drock Concepts today. They'll never disappoint. In Broward, call 954-370-7778. 954-370-7778. In Date or Palm Beach, it's a toll-free call, 1-800-248-5071. 1-800-248-5071. Clean today. You can entertain tonight with Dry Concepts. Hi, this is Dave Goldstein, but you can call me Geldy. Whenever I'm in town, I listen to... Wait a minute, I am in town. It's the 12 to 1 hour. Stop! Geldy. Geldy. Talking on a sports show, trying to be macho. Your voice sounds just like a seven-year-old girl, a little sports whole shill. What else are you there for, Gildy? Gildy, talking like a baby who needs a little training. 
Why can't you understand? You don't sound like a man. Remove the rubber bands that choke your throat. Come, Delphi, 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 Delphi. Your lucky management don't care. Cause Gildy, you don't belong there on the air. And Gildy, the sports can't wait till your voice cracks. Cause anyone who sounds like that should find another job. Yes. And they should only take you back when both your BBs drop. Oh, Gildy, Gildy, when you're gonna grow up. You make us want to throw up. <laughs> you silly squeaky boo. Go to broadcasting school. Your prepubescent voice makes you sound like a putz. Uh -huh. You're a putz. You're a putz. You're a putz. You're a I'm too sexy for my wuv, too sexy for my wuv, wuv's going to weave me. Uh, hello. I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy it hurts. Ow. I'm too sexy for that wabbit, too sexy for that wabbit. That wabbit's gonna get it. Uh, I'm a hunter. I hunt wabbits. I do my little thing in the forest. Ooh, I'm a hunter. I hunt wabbits. I do my little thing in the forest. I'm too sexy for my bullets. Too sexy for my bullets. I put bullets in my rifle. I'm too sexy for this forest. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. I'm a hunter. I hunt wabbits. I do my little thing in the forest. I'm a hunter. I hunt wabbits. I do my little thing in the forest. I'm too sexy for that wabbit. And pardon me, Doc. Are you talking about me? Oh, yes. I'm going to blast you and use you for swippers. My stars, you are a mental case. And you better put that gun down, laughing boy, before you hurt somebody. Hasta la vista, you widow hairball. Agony, 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 agony. Tonight at 9 on the Food Network, it's Emerald Dice Clay. Okay. So tonight, we're going to kick it up a couple of f***ing notches. What the f*** you clapping for, honey? I ain't cooked yet. Chef Emerald Dice Clay, leather-studded apron and all, shows you how to do things in the kitchen you never dreamed of. Today, I'm going to show you how to smoke fish. Where's my f***ing zippo? And nobody reads a recipe like Emerald Dice Clay. Jack and Jill went up the hill to make themselves some stew. And just like an oven, Jill needed some lovin', so he put his meat in there, too. Oh, is that genius? It's the hottest cooking show on cable. Hey, take a look at this foot long, would you? 
Come on, baby, you know you want to grab my wiener. That emerald dice play right after Iron Chef. Bunch of f***ing snapper heads. You blindfold these people with dental floss. Only on the f***ing Food Network. Now, in video stores everywhere, from the people who brought you the Frugal Gourmet Cooks with Wine, it's the Frugal Gourmet Cooks with Boys. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yes, the Frugal Gourmet Cooks Italian. Hey, little man, I've got some lovely sausage for you. <laughs> the Frugal Gourmet Cooks Chinese. Today I'm going to make some young guy. <laughs> and, of course, the Frugal Gourmet Cooks Greek. <laughs> oh. Yes, it's your warm and fuzzy old friend, the Frugal Gourmet, like you've never seen him before. He may be frugal with his money, but not with his sauce. <laughs> the Frugal Gourmet Cooks with Boys, only $19.95 at a video store near you. And don't forget, coming next fall, it's the Frugal Gourmet Cooks with Malt Liquor. Being all natural isn't as easy as it used to be, but we haven't changed a thing at Fuckers Jams and Jellies. Just all natural goodness in every jar of Fuckers since 1920. And we still make our jams the old-fashioned way, with each batch stirred with care by Mother Fucker herself. She makes sure that only the freshest fruit and pure cane sugar go into our jams. Cause you see, being all natural is what Fruckers is all about. And Fruckers just wouldn't be Fruckers without old Mother Frucker, who today has got a bunch of little Fruckers who love her jam too. So the next time you want the best, look for Fruckers with Old Mother Frucker right on the label. Because with a name like Fruckers, it has to be good. Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. Out of all of the English words that begin with the letter F, fuck is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word fricken, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories. As a transitive verb, for instance, John fucked Shirley. Its meaning is not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an adverb, Shirley talks too fucking much. As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, absolutely or in incredible. And as almost every word in a sentence, the fucking fuckers. As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck. As in these examples describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. Dismay, off oh, it. Trouble, I guess I'm really fucked now. Aggression, don't fuck with me, buddy. Dismissal, why don't you go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you. Amen. It's a nine past noon at QAM. And by the way, I should point out to you that did you ever see the video version of that where the guy actually reads that thing? No. There's a video? We have a channel 
called Moviola, where they have like short vignettes, short condensed movies, and short little uh, things. And a couple of weeks ago, I forgot to tell you this. There was a, it's an old film uh, thing, like probably made in the 50s, I guess. Get out. And it's a, it's a guy in a black suit, very distinguished looking guy, and he comes out, and, and it's longer than that. It goes on at uh, greater length. That's kind of like an excised version of one that we play there. There must be a way to get that. You have to see it to believe it. Anyway, this is a good fax from Bill. Yeah. It says, maybe you, <laughs> maybe you should write that book, The Best of Meals. See, on our website, on neorogers.com, Eric's got a, it is amusing. I'll say that. I'll give him credit for that. The Best of Meals, How I, uh, How I Attack the Buffet by Neil Rogers. He's actually got like a book cover on there with the, the real books that we suggest right, and, you read. And people are believing it. And he says, I smell a bestseller. I went to the bookstore and tried to order it, says Bill. Well, why wouldn't they believe it? I mean, it's, it's there with all the other books, and it's got the cover of a book. And I think he's got a good idea. I might just write the goddamn thing. Yotter. You wouldn't can ghostwrite it. Just to answer a bunch of questions for some guy. And, uh, wouldn't that write. be a great name for a book? Sure. The Best of Meals, How I Attacked the Buffet by Neil Rogers. PSY is the best radio host, you not in... Uh, Nationwide, fire your agent. Because my agent's a putz, Bill. That's the answer to that. Okay, he's a wannabe. He wants to be a baseball player. He wants to be a talk show host. He wants to be a lot of things, but he's not a radio agent. Just ask George. He'll tell you. Oh, like I said, George can't say nothing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just telling you. He's like, uh, you know, he, he wants to play in the big leagues with the big boys. Everybody else in this business who's on doing talk for like 10 minutes a day is like syndicated on 100 stations minimum. Right. And then this, uh, you know, this clown. Just ask my good friend Lynn Samuels, New York. She'll tell you this show ought to be syndicated. She loves me like crazy. And it's mutual. And her website, by the way, has got great stuff on it, lynnsamuels.com. It's 11 past noon at 560 WQAM. There's never been a better time to purchase or uh, a new home or refinance your existing home, which is exactly what I was just going to say. How about this rate? How does this sound? 3.95%. That's right. The financial group can offer you an unprecedented 3.95% by picking up your phone right now, calling them. At 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. The money you're going to save is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like I said, think about it. You can get yourself a $100,000 loan for only 450 bucks a month or a $200,000 loan for just 950 bucks a month. The process is simple. You'll save thousands of dollars each year. So pick up that phone right now. Grab it. And the phone, too. And call our good friends at Financial Group toll-free. 1-800-940-LEND. There's never been a better or smarter time to get you a low interest rate. So call Financial Group. Tell them Todd Direct told you to call. You'll be on your way to big savings. And by the way, Todd also give you the name of Steve M. and Davey. He'll give you his phone number and address and tell you where you can get some really good crap. Financial Group, they're an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply, and rates are subject to change. So call them today, toll-free, 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. And they don't come any better than Neil Rogers. Oh!
Sure. 
This is Rush Limbaugh, servant of humanity, talk show host, hemorrhoid sufferer. Folks, with over 300 pounds, I know the agony of this kind of dilemma. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you there's help. With new preparation rush and my rush to excellent suppositories, now you can end the pain and itching of hemorrhoidal tissue. Just look for my picture on the box of suppositories and the applicator tube. Another fine product from OIB. The Obesity in Broadcasting Network. And now, here's Timmy Dean, founder of Timmy Dean Pork Sausage, with a few words about new Timmy Dean bagel sandwiches. Hello, I'm Timmy Dean. You know, if someone had told me 25 years ago that I'd be making bagels, I'd have said, huh? That's Jew food, isn't it? But times have changed, and I guess I've got to change with them. But I don't have to like it. You people want your bagels, I'll give you your bagels. With a big old greasy slab of Timmy Dean pork sausage on it. New Timmy Dean non-kosher bagel sandwiches. If you're Jewish, you can buy them. You just can't eat them. New Timmy Dean bagel sandwiches. There's a little bit of bigot in every bite. I like women. I mean, I love women. But sometimes I can't find a woman who likes me. That's why I'm glad there's a drive-up jack-in-the-box in my neighborhood. The new jack-in-the-box sperm bank. Perfect for the guy who can't find a woman when he needs one. We're out here on the streets of the city asking people what they do for a Kondike bar. Excuse me, sir. Yeah? What would you do for a Kondike bar? Uh, I don't know. Would you kiss me? Kiss you? Just a quick peck on the cheek. Uh, it's for a Kondike bar. Okay. Okay, give me my Kondike bar. Oh, you can do better than that. What do you mean? Kiss me full on the lips. On the lips? For a Kondike bar. Uh, okay. Now, give me that Kondike bar. People are starting to look. All right, I'll give you your Kondike bar, but first, you have to kiss me open mouth with your tongue tickling my uvula. Ugh. It's for a Kondike bar. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, what are you looking at, ladies? For a Kondike bar. Uh, yes, about that. What? Well, you see, I don't actually have a Kondike bar. You don't? No, but it was very nice meeting you. Very, very nice. I'm going to kill you. Chocolate-coated ice cream so rich and thick, there's no room for a stick. Who would you do for a Kondike bar? And now, Language Lab, the show that teaches you a foreign language in less than 60 seconds. Today's lesson, Greek. 
Listen one. Strawberry pie. Strawberry pie. Listen two. Apple pie. Apple pie. Listen three. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Customer, what kind of pie do you have? Answer. Apple pie, strawberry, and pumpkin. Language Lab is a public service and may not be copied or authorized for resale. Thank you. You're welcome. 1225 at 560 WQM. It's our weekly Wednesday noon to one uh, bonanza here. Did he say bonanza? Oh, speaking uh, of that, don't forget, look for the QM van this afternoon, 4 to 6 at the Publix, located at 10755 Northwest 58th Street. Miguel will be there in the van. Stop by to win prizes. And the first 60 people to come in and say, cash bonanza, will win free scratch-off tickets, compliments to the Florida Lottery. 461 votes on a poll. If the election for governor being held today, right now, who would you vote for? Bill McBride, 257. Jeb Bush, 122. Mo Howard, David, 53. Wouldn't vote, 29. 29 recalcitrant schmucks out there who, you know, you can lead them to water, but you can't make them vote. Hey, does this sound like you? Overworked? Yes. Underpaid? Yes. Stuck a dead-end job? Uh-huh. Underappreciated? Uh-huh. Do yourself a favor and pick up the phone and call our good, close, personal pallies at Fast Train, toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. The demand for certified computer professionals has never been bigger and better than it is right now, and Fast Train can help you achieve that new career and start making some serious cash in as little as four months. Just imagine how much you'll have to spend at, uh, how much cash you'll have to spend at Steve M's house in Davie, right? When you have a great new job, that's right. You can buy it uh, anyway. Fast Train is South Florida's largest certified Microsoft training center with locations all over town. There's one in Pembroke Pines, one in Fort Lauderdale, one in Kendall, and one in Miami. And Fast Train offers convenient day and evening and weekend classes. Fast Train's got a full-time job placement department with over 30 years' experience placing folks. So if you're underpaid, overworked, underappreciated, or stuck at a dead-end job working for some schmuck, don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call Fast Train at 866 866- Fast train. Think about it. In just four short months, you could be on your way to becoming a high-paid computer professional in a career with great earning potential. So take it from us. Pick up that phone and call Fast Train right now. One eight six six Fast Train. Be sure and tell them that Steve M and Davey told you to call one eight six six Fast Train, or check them out on the web if you like at fasttrain.com. Live, live and local. We're Sports Radio five sixty QAM. The Weaver don't make mistakes. Oh! Hello, you have reached Dickey's Workers' Choice Catalog and Information Line. To speak with a representative or if you have a rotary phone, please stay on the line. Thank you. Transferring to an operator. Please wait. Dickey's Customer Service, this is Luann. How may I help you? Yeah, my Luann, hi. Hi. You like Dickey's? Sure. I guess a lot of women do, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I believe so. My woman says she loves to get dickies. I see. <laughs> she likes a lot of them. Yeah. And understand some gay guys like dickies. Well, I really don't know. Never yeah. really thought about that. What's the biggest dickies you've seen? Well, sir, uh, we go up to a 72 waist. Oh, my God. You like little dickies, too? Sir, um... I think my girl basically likes big dickies. Well... Is there a point to this conversation, sir? Yeah, just that I get to say Dickie a lot on the phone. Uh-huh. Uh, were you wanting to place an order, sir? For what? For clothing. What? I want to talk about Dickies. Well, sir, that's what we carry is clothing. Huh? Bicky Dicky. Sir, if there's no other uh, reason that you're calling this... My mom likes Dickies. A lot of women like Dickies. Uh, sir, I'm going to disconnect. No, uh... talk about Dickie.
When I'm watching basketball on TV, one man is annoying me, yelling words of nonsense to give me. And when someone goes baseline, he starts screaming things so nasally, screeching like a banshee to give me. Dickie V, Dickie V, Dickie V, yeah, Dickie V. He should shut his pie hole, Dickie V. Yes. And when he is on camera, the glare from his head is blinding me. Where did this guy come from, Dickie V? Everything is awesome. Everyone's his BTV. Wish he'd keep his trap shut. Dicky V. Dicky V. Dicky V. Dicky V. Spent their first night in Chappaqua. Uh, I'll get it, honey. No, I'll get it. Don't worry about it. Just right out. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hi there. Well, hello, Mr. President. I'm Sarah Rubin. Yes, you are. Yes, my family lives in that Victorian house across the street. Oh, it's a very nice house, and you have very nice legs. Huh? Well, thank you, sir, and welcome to our little town of Chappaqua. Hope your family will enjoy living here. I think I will. My uh, daughter, Amanda, and I have baked you this little welcome to the neighborhood. It's our family recipe for pineapple upside-down cake. I'd like to take your pineapples anyway, upside-down, sideways. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. President. Bye-bye, then. No, it was just a lady from next door. That's all. I said I'll get it. Just sit down and shut up, will you please? Uh, now, there are boxes all over the place. I can't 
believe it. Well, hello. Hello, Mr. Clinton. I'm Elaine Kripkin. Just keep your voice down. Are you the escort? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Crickins. <laughs> what can I do you for? Well, I just wanted to welcome you to the neighborhood. Well, the escort's not here yet, so if you want to jump on old Charlie. <laughs> uh, no, sir. <laughs> All right, well, I'll see you later, Eileen. <laughs> Whatever your name is. <laughs> no, it's just another neighbor. You got to make some food or what? Oh, sweet Jesus. Jesus, the doorbell's going crazy. I'll get it, I'll get it. Great Caesar's ghost. Hi, Billy. It's me, Monica. Good God almighty. What do you think of my new bod? What are you doing here? Well, I bought that house next door with my Jenny Craig money. Oh, my God. We'll be seeing a lot of each other in the year 2000. No! Now, Bill Clinton for P.U. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, allow me to introduce my new business venture, Pardon University. I don't care what you've done. Murder, embezzlement. If you're a cop that made a woman walk home naked, if you've got the loot, I'll give the charges the boot. <laughs> Even though I'm no longer the president of the United States, and I possess no real power, I have found a way to jerry-rig the system. I stole a diamond from the Zales jewelry store. How much you got? Uh, about a thousand bucks. Pardon you! Yeah! 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 Hey, I embezzled $600 million from my brokerage firm. Jackpot! How much you got? $10,000. Pardon you! Yeah! Yeah! I lopped off my husband's willy. Ooh, no can do, Mamacita. Try Jacoby and Myers. Barton University is not affiliated with any institution of higher learning and may be illegal in most states. If you've got the bread, the charges are dead. Big news, boys and girls, big news. CBC confirms negotiations to a resume with Ron McLean's agent. Oh. How do you like that? Oh, huh? I feel better. Well, they're only 25 grand apart. You can come up with that, you and Carlos. I'll cough it right up. 25 grand Canadian, it's only 15 grand a year U.S. No problem, pocket change. In fact, when that next bonus of yours comes through. <laughs> when? Like I said, no problem. Maybe he'll be there October 10, whatever the hell it is. He'll be October 12. Ron McLean, Don Cherry. Have no, uh, that's our problem. We got it solved. We got it licked. 21 to 1 at 560 WQM, 476 votes in our gubernatorial election pool. Bill McBride, 267. Jeb Bush, 125. Mo Howard, David, 54. And I won't vote 30. George is having strictly additions to a thing in his house. Bathroom. It's great. A new bathroom, and they're doing a great job. And if you're one of those people out there who uh, loves your home, but you need more room, maybe you had like an unexpected baby like George did, and you're pretty pissed off about it. But anyway, do the smart thing called strictly additions. If you're converting a carport or patio into living space, if you went into business for yourself and want to make a home orifice, call the experts at Strictly Editions because they'll do a spectacular, fantastic job for you. They're your one-stop shop, more space for your place, place with an absolutely positively worry-free approach to expanding your living space. The no-shows you're used to by other contractors won't happen. Incomplete work, no chance. No unexpected bills. No worries about the job not getting done right, and they take care of every last detail. They draw up the blueprints, they get the building permits, handle all the inspections. Strictly Editions has got that easy five-step approach to total customer satisfaction. Just ask Petey Lenny, he'll tell you what they are. 
First of all, they call to schedule a free project evaluation appointment at your home where a project estimator will determine the exact scope of your addition. Number two, schedule a bid appointment in their convenience showroom where you'll get a detailed proposal and an exact price for your work. Third, select your finishing touches, go to contract. Fourth, review the design and architectural drawings. And then fifth, sit back with a big smile on your lazy puss and relax as your dream edition moves ahead on schedule with unbeatable quality. Check them out on the Yellow Pages. They serve all of Broward and South Palm Beach County, and they do a stupendous job for you. Call Strictly Editions at 954-791-8100. That's 954, say it again, 954-791-8100. They're licensed, they're insured professionals who care about doing a super job for you, and they will. 954-791-8100. Be sure and tell them that old Neil, P.D. Lenny, and Jorge told you to call Strictly Editions. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Oh! WQAM! I am Mohawk with the David, decrepit and I'm ancient. All over my old face are blue with reddish boys, bold face. I don't know why they hate me, or why they always rape me. It must be because I got these blue with reddish boys, bold face. A vein pop on my arm like a Rana Canali map of Lockerwatt. I got veins on my nose, and nobody knows that under my clothes I wear pantyhose. But that don't mean that I'm gay. If you think my arms are bad, you ought to see my legs. I might as well keep them smooth and shaved to show a little class the next time I'm raping him. I could go to a surgeon, but that gives me the shivers. I would not want to walk out looking like Joan Rivers. Uh, where am I here? I fired the beast, the fat little freak. I did him a favor. Now he can't afford to eat. The reason I dismissed that stinking fat bastard is because he wouldn't shut up, and he can't play canasta. <laughs> Hey, somebody talking over there. Nobody talks when I rap. I rap, then you talk. Like, look at me. I'm hip, hip. I ain't no square. I'm a ding-dong daddy, man. I'm really dead. I fire anyone I want. I don't care. Especially if they make me flip my wig made of smelly green hair. I get fired myself. It even happens to the greats. Westwood once said, you get out of here or else we break your legs. So now I sit by the pool. Life's as good as it gets. With my paladin cocktail, placing bets on the jets. In paradise. Paradise. I don't kiss nobody's ass in paradise. Do, 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 do. I'll be slipping down the scoogans when I get the chance. But the cleaners aren't ready with my lime green pants. How long does it take? Guilty calling complaint. It was just a little thought. So what I left this thing? You think that's funny? Want a knuckle sandwich, buddy? I can do what I want, because the management loves me. Can I tell you something, Mo? Something you ought to know. For the longest time, I wanted you to be my own. You ain't my type, pal. Now answer me. Tell no. What are you doing? I won't take no for an answer. Well, get out of here. What is it? Not you. Well, get get out of here. Get up, bitch. Do the door. Do the door. Do the door. Do the Me and do exactly like I do. Uh -huh. Get paid for writing little songs about boo boo. 
My brain's all gone. I'm trying to get my groove on. But I can't figure out which Spice Girl I'm going to fart on. And Dr. Dre asked, Yo, man, you pass gas? Hell no. So why do I smell ass? Man, you low class. Well, since age 12, it seemed like I always smelled. I thought ripping gases and tooting was pretty swell. I got pissed off when I took my jeans off and farted so hard to my underwear backwards like crisscross. And every night I'm like, oh, dinner last. Then fart out my ass faster than a fat bitch who ain't too fast. Smell this, honey. Yo, dude, wait a minute. That's my girl, cuz. I don't give a f God sent me to stink the world up. My anus. My anus. Teacher wanted me kicked out back in junior high. Said the problem was something crawled up my ass and died. I shot him in the face with my vapor. The worst happened later when I covered his desk with used toilet paper. Walked in the strip club, my intestines were filled up. Moved the bartender, took a dump in a tip cup. Went over to a dancer, had a buck in her garter. She lifted her leg up, and I knew she was a father. 99% of my life I was lied to. I just found out my mom's got more gas than I do. I told her I'd grow up to be a famous rapper. Make a record about strange noises made on the crapper. You know you was dirt when the women rushed to leave. You tried to hold it back, but your butt needed relief. This guy at White Castle said it was pretty cool. But I had to go. Go drop the kids off at the pool. My anus. My anus. My religion's better than yours. We 
1251 at 560. You know something? This is uh, noon to one hour Wednesday. I'm starting to really like I don't like it. I love it. I, I love it. I feel like Pablo Picasso here, I'm you know? I'm singing every... along, chilling, surfing I'm the I'm sitting web. here like putting together a magical uh, masterpiece every Wednesday. Like anyway, if you find yourself looking at your head in the mirror and you wonder, speaking of masterpiece, if you see just the opposite, like Mung, all the hair is gone, it's vanished, it probably went down the drain, probably flew out the window. It's probably on the sidewalk somewhere. Now, the choice is yours. You can have a mousy-looking wig. In fact, if you want to see what a mousy-looking piece looks like, go to WQAM.com, click on Talk Host, and look at Mo. And you'll notice all the gray on the sides, and then that kind of like puce-looking animal that's in the middle there. What, what color would you call that? Brindle? I think it's like brindle Chartreuse. brown. Oh, man. Chartreuse means lose. But if you want to be a winner, if you want to get your hair back and have it look great, the natural hairline system from my close personal buddy, Chuck Alfieri, that's the only way to go. That's why even the richest slobs in the world go to Charlie Alfieri, because no amount of money in the universe can get you a better-looking piece than the natural hairline system, because it looks like the hair is growing out of your scalp instead of like a farm animal crawled up on your head and died. Pick up that phone and call toll-free, 1-800-321-2413. You've got nothing to lose but the bald spot because there's no obligation. If you wear it for 30 days and don't love the way it looks and feels and smells, if you don't get at least a little head two, three times a day, then return it for a full refund. And when you mention Neil Rogers, you get a $200 discount as well. And don't forget, Charlie also services and repairs all kinds of hair systems while you wait and for only 25 to 30 bucks. So pick up that phone and get some hair back the smart way from Chuck Alfieri. Call 1-800-321-2413 or log on to their website if you like at charlesalfieri.com. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Yeah, what happened there, George? I know that the Lord even loves Neil Rogers. If your toothpaste doesn't taste great, your kids don't brush long enough, which could lead to ugly tartar buildup. The solution? Regular checkups and brushing with new crust. The tartar control toothpaste laced with crack cocaine. Hey, son, almost got in there. Brushing, get up, brushing. Crust is not only clinically proven, it's also highly addictive. So your kids will brush and brush and brush. And brush and brush and brush. Come on, Billy, it's been 45 minutes. Brushing, 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 brushing. If you're not careful, you're going to wear those teeth down to little nubbins. Oh, God, no. Wrong, son. Almost out of crust. Hook your kids on a healthy habit for life. Brushing with new crust with crack cocaine. Sure, I'm going to be late for work now, but it's good to see Billy brushing. Get out, old man. This is a carjacking. Billy, what are you doing? I sit out. Billy, where are you going? Gotta sell the car to get more crust. New crust toothpaste laced with crack cocaine. Recommended by 9 out of 10 drug addicts. Would they curse my name? Yes. If I parted in heaven, would I stand the shame? Uh-huh. Oh, can anybody smell? 
Impressed easily, but I'll tell you something. I'm blown away. Look at the timing on this. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. You know, they say the body is 90% water. As for WQAM, 